Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 287. I am Peter and joining me is not Matt, unfortunately. The, the, the circumstances, events outside of our control have led outside to... Outside of his control too, unfortunately. Yes, have led to him not being here this week. We tried to hold off. This is actually going to be a little bit later for patrons than it usually is. And that's purely just because we were trying to wait in the hopes that Matt could still make it. Uh, unfortunately, he could not. We had to call it and get going. But uh, Connor is here. Yeah. Tough shit. Deal with it. C stands for Connor. It also stands for Consolation Prize. Uh, so... I thought you were going to say something else entirely. <laughs> I can't I not turn this, this uh, show that, that harsh language-wise. Thank you very much. Maybe it stands for cocky. Definitely not. I mean, it does, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's definitely not what I was going to say. I was going to say, maybe we need to readjust your uh, knowledge of language. So, yes, uh, so DC Comics Podcast, we get together. We talk about comics uh, that we read this week from DC. And coming up on this episode, we have Detective Comics 1047, the start of the 12-week weekly epic. And uh, we also have Batman 119, Superman Son of Kal-El, issue 6, Dark Knights of Steel, issue 3, Justice League Incarnate Issue 3, Arkham City, The Order of the World Issue 4, and I've got a Patreon book to talk about, and that is Animal Man Issue 15. So that is what's coming up on the show this week. So everyone be happy. And yeah. Before we get any further, though, I do have to remind everyone there is a link in the description for you all to go and submit your favorite DC comics of 2021. Uh, the annual fan vote as to what's going to make the, the sort of the fan top 10. And of course, best artist, best writer, that kind of thing. It doesn't take a long time to fill out, uh, so click the link in the description. The deadline for that is before the next episode, which um, basically just means Friday. By the end of Friday, uh, after this episode goes out, uh, that is your deadline to get that in. So you got you got uh, basically almost a full week from this episode going out to get that in. If you haven't already, uh, you can find the link in the description. You also find it on Twitter. I've posted it a few times at DC Comics Podcast, uh, and of course the last couple of episodes as well, including the annual episode. So. Yes. Well, we'll make sure you do that. Uh, and the results will be on next week's episode. Uh, partly because next week's not got a lot of books, and it's a good time to talk about your picks for the best things of the year. So, yeah, that's the plan. So, go do, go do that. Uh, there you go. Uh, but have no fear. It's not a super busy week this week, but have no fear. There is still time for a Comixology Top 10. There, all, there always will be. It's still Batman, isn't it? We'll find out. It is not Batman, in fact, the number one. What Xbox was this week? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, Comic Soldier Top 10 at the time of recording, which is still Saturday, although it's a few hours later than normal. Although I don't think they update it per day hour. I think they update it once per day. <laughs> <laughs> it updates every minute. You should know this. <laughs> a live feed. I would buy that for We could be refreshing it every hour of the show and get a new top 10 if that was the case. Um, Who knows? Maybe you could. Now, number one is Inferno issue four. Which I think Inferno is the end of the Hickman stuff. Because Hickman's obviously stepping away and it's mm. not relaunching. It's still very much Kruko. It's still very much this stuff. But Gillen and Ewing are kind of coming in and taking over stuff, I think. Yeah, so the final issue of Inferno it was only a four issue mini. So that's uh, number uh, one this week. A lot. Uh, so number two is indeed Batman, issue 119. I want to say Batman sells usually is around the top. It's, it's Batman, yeah. Uh, number three is X Men issue six. 
not to say about that either. Number four is Amazing Spider-Man issue 84. Uh, and that's pretty much weekly right now, so... Yeah, I think it's three issues a month. Yes, yes. Uh, they've, done, they've done this before, the three issues a month schedule. Uh, yeah. I remember this back from the, the pre-slot days. Uh, it's not Yeah, technically slot was in that rotation, but it was before his, his run as well. Yes. Uh, uh, and then number five, we're back to DC with Superman Son of Kal-El, issue six, so that's doing quite well. Nice to see that selling above tech. Uh, well, number six is Detective Comics, uh, one thousand forty-seven. So it's not it's not beating it by much. Not, not that I'm mad about that or anything. Just surprising because usually, even De- you know, Detective Comics doesn't have Batman in the name, but it still usually outsells most Superman books. Tom Taylor bigger than Batman. That's what I'm t- probably <laughs> that's my, probably that's, accurate. That's my theory at this point. Uh, if I speak of the Taylor, <laughs> number seven is Dark Knights of Steel issue three. Imagine the numbers if they put him on Batman itself. Oh, number one every every time with with the, with, the, with no question. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Thor issue twenty. Number nine is Doctor Afra issue seventeen, and then number ten is Black Widow issue thirteen. So that's your top ten. So more Marvel and DC, but a nice chunk of DC in there. Uh, two Bat books and two Tom Taylor books. I guess it's the, the we know what sells at DC. <laughs> It's the vast majority of what we read this week as well. Yes. Uh, just like Incarnate, it was only a couple of spaces down at number 12. And then a couple of spaces down from that is Suicide Squad. And then from there, you've got a mix of different things. Uh, One Star Squadron just squeaks in at the end of the, the first page. So that'll be number 24. That's above Arkham City then. Arkham City, I mean, they're both kind of similar, like, small minis in that sense, and Arkham City's an issue four, that's on issue two. I I just imagine that they, they, they decrease with each issue, so that's it's why... It's possible, that... and uh, I, I think uh, Mark Russell has a bit of a wider... You know, he has a very dedicated fan base hmm. that probably buy everything, right? Very possibly. Um, maybe Waters isn't quite there yet, but he's, yeah. he's building. He's building. So, yeah. So that's cool. Notably, because I was looking for uh, Arkham, I've not found that yet, but uh, World of Krypton issue 2 is on page 3, so uh, that ain't doing so hot. No, no it is not. And I didn't like it very much, so I'm not that upset about it, but... I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it enough to even remember there was a second issue out this week, let alone read it. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh... Now, I've not seen Arkham, but I think I've just probably missed it because uh, I'm scanning these pages quite quickly. And I, I, I suspect it's higher than page four or five or whatever you're on now at this point. Yeah, I'm actually at Masterworks that are not in sale anymore, but they're still clinging to the sale, the, the, the list a little bit because of what they have sold in the past week. Just haven't been pushed out just yet. Yeah, but they're all full price again, so uh, you get a bit of a timeline by looking at these top tens on a regular basis. So, there you go. That's the, the Comicsology top ten. Nothing super... No. exciting or extravagant to report but uh, always curious to see books be selling up. yes books, books be selling yeah, as, it, as they do uh, there's not a lot of news this week if it was basically like honestly I, I will call the news item I'm about to read out is someone whipped out a thesaurus and changed a few words around because when I heard that oh the, the romantic you know Valentine's Day 80 page anthology special is his name has changed I, I was expecting more than what this... Because I didn't remember what it was called. Because, you know, it was in this list months ago, right? So the original title of this thing was Weird Love Tales. Okay, fine, whatever. They've changed it. Like, oh, okay, what have they changed it to? There's some, some bold new direction. 
So, Weird Love Tales has changed to Strange Love Adventures. I would say that's a better title for a DC property. It also means the exact same thing. <laughs> it does. It's clearly an intern went, why didn't you guys call it that? And I went, shit. Yeah, it's not too late. We'll just do it anyway. Yeah, I have nothing to add. No. It's a uh, thing that happened. In, in terms of other news, it's it's not directly DC, but it does impact some DC books, potentially, in, in a roundabout way. Um, the Swamp Thing Lemire book that we're getting at the minute, uh, that will be the last Swamp, uh, the last uh, Lemire book at DC for the foreseeable future. Because he signed a, a full-on exclusive with Image, which is unusual. Yeah. Uh, now this is barely news relevant to this show, and I say that because it's not like Lemire was scheduled for an ongoing or anything after Swamp Thing that you'd be taken away from. Like, you know, like, because it's not like he was directed at DC before this book either. It was, this was just, oh, there's a Lemire, Lemire mini again. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had two, right? We, we've got, obviously, the, uh, the Robin and Batman. Yeah. But that'll end before Swamp Thing, which is why I say that Swamp Thing will be the last. Yeah. Ha-ha! Surprise! Matt's here. And we'll get a surprise from Matt. We do. Yeah. You already missed the Comic Soldier Top 10, Matt. <laughs> Oh, you guys already started? Yeah, already started. Uh, that's why you guys. That's why you guys linked up so quick. <laughs> yeah. I thought you guys were gonna tell me you're getting divorced because that's what my parents did. <laughs> we <Yeah>, got surprise <laughs> taking you to Chili's after seeing the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. No, no, we started because because you had responded uh, to something. I was yep. like, ah, oh, we'll just get started, and then like, ten minutes into the show, you went, oh, I'm on my way home. I was like, oh, we'll just wait for Matt. <laughs> huh? Okay. I'll so that. here we are. It's it's fine. Uh, the, the, <laughs> I missed the Comixology Top 10. Uh, Don't worry. I'll get my revenge. Soon. Uh, I'm worried. It's just going to make it extra long next week. <laughs> next next week, Top 50. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> It'll be books from three weeks ago that are <laughs> number like 42. It'll be just whatever's on sale. <laughs> All those Dan Slot books. Oh, yes. If I hated myself, I would pull up League of Comic Geeks and play Can I Guess the Number One? But I don't hate myself that much, and we can just move on now. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, and there wasn't much news either, so you, you really didn't no. miss much. You, you mostly just missed me complaining that it was just Connor, ironically. That is <laughs> probably true, yeah. And, and that was pretty and, much And it. he insinuated I may be a C word. Mm. Yeah, consolation prize. That's what I said. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What he uh, allegedly settled on. The joke made sense in the moment. <laughs> Obviously, now out of context, it sounds like yeah. Him and Paige both. <laughs> yeah, I do wonder sometimes who is the guy that got away, like that she really wanted, and she sat to settle oh. on Connor. So, okay. so, so some dude named Sven, probably. Uh. Sven. Sven. No, yes. she very much likes The Rock, so it was probably just The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's ironic, you know why? Because The Rock has like tree trunks for arms, and Connor yeah. only has one kind of like skinny arm, though. It's perfectly acceptable arm. <laughs> it's gonna. I just like the idea that it's gonna atrophy. He's gonna be like Chris Elliott mm. in uh, Scary Movie Two. Take my good hand. 
I mean, I don't remember Scary Movie 2, Matt, and I'm actually quite happy about that. Yeah, uh, I also have wiped that from my memory a yes. long time ago. The most, the, the most thing to know is that Chris Elliott played a, he's a butler, and he has one really mangled hand, so it's, it's a lot smaller and atrophied from an accident, I think. And there's, there's a lot of jokes around it. It's, it's, just, one... it's just, by the end of this, it's just going to look like that little stump in the expanse from this week's episode. I look at sure. Connor making a reference to something that won't get. He's the, yeah. yeah. How does That's that feel? a TV show. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, all right. Well, we got books to talk about. Uh, that's, that's what's going to happen now. Uh, so, Detective Comics 1047, Mariko Tamaki writing Ooh. with Ivan Reese uh, on the art for the main story here. So, this is the first part of our 12 part weekly. Detective comic story that will run till the end of March, give or take. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting start here, I thought, because it, it it does this thing where it's kind of jumping back and forth from like after the crisis starts and kind of mm-hmm. some build up to it. And I imagine it's going to keep doing that for a bit. I imagine there's going to be more backstory to reveal as as yeah. we go through the, the these issues. Uh, maybe the entire thing, but um, really I, I do start. like that the you have to pay attention to what day it is too, because it starts off with day one. Uh, by the end, we're at day 27. So, uh, it's a lot of time in between. Just day 24. Gaps. Or is it 24? Yeah. I knew it was a, I knew yeah. it was a variable. Also, it starts on day 7, not 1. Uh, well, again, I knew it was a variable. Of, uh... That's where the 7 came from. Yeah, yeah. that's probably 100% probably where it came from. Um, yeah. yeah. This is the first thing I read this week. Leave me alone. <laughs> week. That was the first thing Tuesday. I read this week, but that was yesterday. Right, I read this on Tuesday. Um... But yeah, yeah, uh, very good. Um, um, yeah, yeah, definitely good stuff. Question I... about the cover, more towards Connor. Let me go look at the cover. Hang on. Does does Batwoman remind you of Taylor Swift? Batwoman. Yeah, on the hmm. on the cover of Tech. I'm looking. She she to I me looked I... like a redheaded Taylor Swift. That's what I'm just trying to picture the head. I could kind of see it. I'm trying to remove, okay. like, you know, mentally remove the mask and like project right. on a little bit. I, I, I was like, where you're coming from. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was a reference. I don't know. But the idea of Kate having the same dimensions as Taylor is something that I've never thought about before and would actually, you know, make, you know, quite a bit of sense. Yeah. You know, so. I'll, I'll, that was directed to Con- at Connor because I barely know what she looks like. So. Uh, yeah, well, I, he's the only other Swifty I know uh, that, that cares as much about this stuff. Swifty, as, as my wife, Swifty, who's a hundred percent in the cult. For the record, and, I have never referred to myself as such. I mean, you're definitely shifty, but but yeah, <laughs> but you are, Connor. I mean, you and James both. I don't know because I don't engage with the fan base in any yeah. way. Smart, smart. Right. Don't. I, I enjoy uh, the, the the music significantly. I uh, I'm this close from making a shirt and wearing it around the house that Jake Gyllenhaal did nothing wrong, <laughs> and watching her melt down. Yeah, see, I, make I, sure I she's don't not care here. about any of that stuff. Yeah, so, so. I, I I don't think I I could be considered. What does no, you're, I just, you're just a fan. What does Jake Gyllenhaal have to do then? Oh, uh, it's does <laughs> not get into the drama. We're, we're not going to get into the story. Just uh, they, they used to date. She apparently wrote a, a song about him that. When she re-released her her album, it was a ten minute drive by, just about how much of a terrible boyfriend he was. She never mentions him, but it's said to be believed to be Gyllenhaal, which my wife when is... when it originally came out on you know right when it happened. 
um, which, my, my, which my wife has now graffitied anything with Jake Gyllenhaal that I've had on it, uh, which includes my Far From Home cover. Um, it's a problem, and I need help for her. If she doesn't think it's a problem. <laughs> I didn't mask it a lot of Jake Gyllenhaal merchandise that's to make be defaced. Never, ever, ever, ever even talked about that. I, I don't care. Two, I have Spotify on shuffle right now, and my favorite song from that album just came on <laughs> as we're talking. Like, Wait, why are you listening to Spotify while we're recording? He here? always listens to music when yeah, he's recording. You do? Yeah. Oh my god, I don't know how you could carry a conversation. Easily. Some would argue he uh, doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my That's god, if you. I listen to what I like on here, I would just be constantly headbanging. <laughs> it would not be good for anybody. Yeah, no, I literally have music on every time I record anything wow there's basically music on at all times when when i'm sat at my computer oh my god unless i'm watching something if i if i'm reading something that they'll have music on for that recording uh, literally unless i'm watching something that has its own sound or if i'm listening do you do this am i just weird for not doing it oh no i mean i i would maybe listen to music while i'm having a conversation but i can't because i'm recording it would record the music so i just can't i just never no i just mean it in life like, always have music playing. I mean, Matt, you say this as if, like, if, if you're in the car, that's you, you have music playing and you still yeah. talk to people while you're in the car, right? Right, but I also lose my train of thought if something, part of a song comes on. I just, it's self-discipline. That's 100% what it is. So, <laughs> that's so weird. I, I had no idea you have Spotify playing right now. <laughs> yeah. Matt, my conversation just starts going, whoa, whoa, million miles away. Oh, he's pulling the last ring, huh? Uh, it was the first one I came to mind. I don't know. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I mean, my most listened to song of last year was um, it was called A Personality for no reason at all. So it'd probably be that. I thought I was going to say Crazy Frog Axel F, but... Uh... <laughs> I hate how many times I've heard that in the last year. So please don't. <laughs> Maybe the original Axel F, but not that one. <laughs> Someone put it on the, uh, the, um, the playlist... For work, for work for after we sh- the, the place for after we shut when there's no one in and there's only like five of us in the building when we're allowed our own music with a a name of the playlist that i cannot say on this podcast uh and it has some right shit in it some good stuff as well but some right shit including crazy frog i'm, I'm gonna have to know the name of this when we're done recording yeah, yeah remind me but ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's it's not like anything offensive it's just language wise gotcha I love the idea that there's a certain generation, and perhaps even ge- geographically, I'm not sure how much of like the entire world was familiar with the Crazy Frog, like period. But I love the idea that a lot of people are going to Google Crazy Frog. Any of our younger audience, yes. are like, what the hell is a Crazy Frog? And they're going I mean, to it, hear it. Everything comes in cycles, so you know. So it doesn't it's come bound in to cycles, happen. I hope. Having yeah. to pay for ringtones and people paying voluntarily <laughs> to have Crazy Yo, Frog as their ringtone. I, yeah, I remember those commercials. It was like text whatever to to get this ringtone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Detective Comics. Joseph, um, so we, we did start. Joseph, so about this. I just really thought that Kate looked like uh, Taylor Swift. Maybe it was a reference. I'm we, not sure. We started the show without Matt, and then Matt jumped on, and I love the idea that David has pointed out that Matt is the culprit for most tangents <laughs> that he has to cut out. Can't keep me on. I'm wild. Hey, David, don't cut that one out. People deserve it. 
Uh, yeah, um, I'll be in the full version, but he, he cuts out the, the split uh, up version. People deserve it. Uh, they deserve it. At the start of the Detective Comics review, they want five minutes of Taylor Swift, Crazy Frog, and whatever <laughs> else. The happened during the I just don't know it yet, because David always cuts yeah. it out. <laughs> Alright, so... Yeah, we're introduced to uh, Dr. Ware, who's the guy who's actually running the, the, the tower. And he's making this big song and dance, he's got a speech, and he actually brings out... Here's our great success story so far, and he brings out this criminal. And I do appreciate that it made it very clear who this was, because I was never going to remember his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is the guy that tried to kill me on the cano, and the cano's with his wife in the audience being like, what the f? <laughs> What's this shit? <laughs> it's Nero was at 19, right? 19. Yeah, yeah Nero yeah. 19. Uh, and so there's a lot of reactions to this. He's making a big song and dance about uh, results, about treatment, not punishment, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. Um, and he's playing nice with Doctor Chase when they get out of the you know the the lobby, mm-hmm. and she's like kind of there to keep keep him in check and all the rest of it. He's he's playing nice. I don't trust him for a second though. He seems uh, I. But ashamed. here's the thing with him is it does feel different than anything else that we've gotten with a Doctor in Arkham, right? Like. It really does feel like rehabilitation here. And it seems like he's not doing anything cagey in this moment. It, uh, it seems like that's what it wants to feel, but I've seen enough of these exact stories. Yeah, where I'm like, right. Okay, but, yeah. Basically, I feel like Deb does in the next scene, which is mm-hmm. that the fact that he's putting on this conference and trying to show off all this good work rather than just doing it is suspicious. And then the fact that she adds on that she can't find any like records of what they're actually doing or where his like expertise comes from. Just his medical yeah. license is non-existent. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty important yeah. part of the, the puzzle. Which made me wonder what's up with Dr. Ware. Like, I'm going to guess a lot. Yeah, because I um, feel like we should know who he is, right? Like, I feel like Ware's a pseudonym. Uh, it, it does feel like an alias of sorts, yeah. but I don't know if it's for someone that we know. Yeah, right. I, the reason why I'm, I'm, I, I would doubt it, I would agree with it if it wasn't for the fact that later in the issue he dies, seemingly. <laughs> so seemingly, seemingly, seemingly. and obviously we're going to see a lot of him because we're jumping back and forth in time. Mm-hmm. But if he is truly dead, and he's just here because so that he can he can die at the end of his story, then that's fair enough. Then he's just a new character that's going to die. But true. Um, this is this interesting? So yeah, Kate's still working with Deb, and they're exchanging some notes. Uh, you know, some some press investigation mixed with some bad news, uh, as Deb calls it. <laughs> what's the what's the bad news? Yeah. Um, I I love I love the look of that scene because uh, races art. It just it takes me back to pre flash or yeah pre flashpoint. You know, just a, it's a certain vibe, um, and just the look of his Kate sitting across the diner. From from Donovan, like I was getting the warm fuzzies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're talking about some fancy new drugs that are on the market and might be coming from Arkham. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then we're introduced to one of the the patients in Arkham. I don't know if this is someone that we've really supposed That's, to know. We we met her last week. That's Anna Holgen. Oh, sure, of course, she, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. She's she's the one that killed the the people and then the staff. Yeah, you know, and, and she's, she's doing arts and crafts, right? And I, I can see on the table. In fact, she's actually holding them at one point. She's holding a pair of scissors, and I'm like, "Who's giving these patients scissors? You idiots! What are you doing?" Hey, I mean, if they've earned it, right? They're clearly, yeah, safe enough yeah. with them. I assume we literally cut to day twenty four after this, where she's walking down a hallway with scissors covered in blood. <laughs> but that's day twenty four. This is day seven. There's weeks of time yet for her to go off the rails. Yeah. She's perfectly fine on day seven. 
there's, there's like two two plus weeks of treatment to screw up. Yeah, she's fighters, but I I do that the the pizza arts and crafts she's doing is from the first page. It's that tarot card esque the tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and she has it cut. You know, it's very very um not suspicious. That's the word I'm looking for. You know. Where it's like this is gonna happen, like they're hinting at it. Foreshadowing. Yeah, but there's another word for it. They can't. Ominous. It's very ominous. Ominous. There you go. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean I kind of like that Anna Vulcan came back actually, is it? Because it's mm-hmm. I, I kind of I took her as just an example of like someone who's going to Arkham last issue, but yeah. no, if she's actually going to be like we, a prominent figure in the story, that's kind of cool. Yeah, we talked about Tynan introducing a bunch of new characters during his bat run, and this sort of feels like Tamaki is being able to do the same thing. That you know, between Vile and then Nero 19 and now Anavulsion, it seems like Tamaki's created a whole roster. And you know, I we know at least Anavulsion and Nero 19 from the last part of this. Um, that they're gonna be pretty, pretty important to the story, you would think. Yeah, and it's a nice thing here because the, 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 the conversation, even though we switched to Anavulsion and the and the tower, it continues the conversation mm-hmm. of of Kate and Deb. And Deb's basically saying there's no such thing as miracles, especially in Arkham. And there's a difference between people who are who are ill or sick and people who are evil. And you can't really stop evil. And mm-hmm. it's, it's when you transition to the next page, it cuts to day 24 and points out that and Gotham has paid the price for thinking you can many times before. And we get this two-page spread of like all the police at the bottom of the tower, those helicopters shining lights in the tower, uh... You know, you know, it basically is like, oh shit, we've got like a diehard <laughs> situation going on here. It, it, exactly it went from Arkham Tower to Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. Uh, so, and I love the the, the bathed red light. You get the idea the emergency lights are on inside the mm-hmm. tower. Uh, you see Anna Volshin stabbing someone with with scissors. Uh, and as this is all happening, you hear like Oracle just chattering. So we jump in at the middle of the story, and it's like, you know, are, are Nightwing, are you there? Stephanie, are you there? Like. These are the people they expect to be inside somewhere at this moment. It took me mm-hmm. a, a second on on that page with all the red, like the first one, mm-hmm. uh, to to realize that was Kate uh, on that third panel. Uh, you know, outside. Oh, and outside. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, because it, it. I can see it now. I'm looking for it, but like, you know, I couldn't at, at first glance. I didn't see the the grappling hook. I just saw what seemed to be a blue outfit and a red cape and red boots. I was like. Why is there a super character flying What's going on? It took me a second to go, ah, oh, that's that's Batwoman from behind. It's just a... It's lightning strike. It's like lighting her up yeah, a little bit blue, is, is the idea. Yeah, it, it's it's just the way... It, and it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's actually, you know, it makes perfect sense once it, I realized. Is, it just took me a few seconds to kind of figure out what was actually happening in that panel. Honestly, it's a really nice uh, bit of sequencing to have this kind of like her on her way to the tower and you just see it in the distance with the lightning and the the, the fog mm-hmm. and you know it kind of it sets this mood and atmosphere on the way we, we cut to Nakano who's freaking out at City Hall that this is all <laughs> happening it's pretty much all he ever does I mean, that's true well that's what happens when you sign up to be the mayor of Gotham City <laughs> yeah so they got a negotiator who's not doing very well obviously as Should you expect ever. I mean no probably not but uh so yeah, so so Kate's talking to to Oracle. Uh, we see Anna Vulcan just walking down the hall, Pro- proper like. And it's funny that I'm saying this because the backup does have some major shining references, but this is very much like a, a shining esque moment of her just walking mm-hmm. down this hall. Um, mm-hmm. 
so really nice stuff um but yeah so yeah you've got like batwoman in the outside sort of liaising with the the cops a little bit uh, and that's when the body comes flying out one of the, the, the high-up windows, and they say it's Dr. Ware, who's presumably been thrown out to his death. Um, and missing a finger. A, a ring finger, mm-hmm. it looks like. Yeah, I wonder if it... if uh, th- th- There doesn't seem to be a ring on the finger when we see it, but I wonder if maybe no. they've already taken it off and we're just not being shown that. Yeah, I mean, she's... yeah. And I, I, I don't mean it. in the sense of like, oh, it's a, a wedding ring or anything similar, similar no. symbolic like that, but more some sort of signal ring to open you know, doors. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could, it could be. I mean, it, it is that important. That's that it though. That's it though. Is that the finger you typically use if you've got like a finger scanner? I mean, no, because usually finger scanners just see your pointer and the ones I've used, you know. They are, like, uh, or your thumb. But I mean, I, yeah. I mean, there's still a actual like a ring, but like with a mechanism that you know ah, you ring okay, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up here. Yeah, but just, I do think being sinister and weird. Yeah, but I don't know. It's definitely. I'll say about my old job. We clocked in and out with a like a fingerprint like scanner. Oh yeah. And you could set it up to do anything you wanted. Like you know, as they're setting it up, they're like, yeah, just you know, pick whatever finger you want to clock in and out with every day. So. Yeah. You could do it with that finger if you really wanted to, if you wanted to be awkward. What finger do you use? Uh, just the thumb. Alright. You, you do a second finger as a backup in case, like, you know, you're um, injured one of your fingers or something. So there, I'm trying to remember what index. What trip it was at Disney World where they were trying to keep people from reselling their tickets for the days that they didn't use by, um, by connecting them to a, a fingerprint scan? So when you would scan your ticket, you'd also have to put your, you know, fingerprint in, uh, so they would match. But you had to remember which finger it was. Um, so most, of course, most people went thumb. I think uh, now as well with with phones, mm-hmm. especially now, it was a little bit different, I guess, when you had fingerprint scanners on the back of your phone as well. But now that they're all pretty much just built into the screen, pretty much everyone's used to just using the thumb, mm-hmm. right? So I, I would assume if if one was to set up using a fingerprint system, most people now would probably lean towards their thumbs just automatically because of that already. But yeah, but it, there's got to be a reason why they took his finger off like that. Like, you know, it wasn't I the pointer, it's I, the I, ring. I, I, I could buy that she's just snapped his finger off before she threw him out the window as a... Maybe. As a little... Maybe. She, she's there, like, <laughs> wiggling the finger and, you know, mm-hmm. having the scissors and being all sinister. It, it could just be a case of she's being... You know, terrifying. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Kate is met up with Cass, who are on a nearby rooftop, and Cass is being all ominous about, uh, like, I mean, uh, we can't just, because she says, do do we claim, do we scale the tower? Because we're, you know, we're bad characters. Let's go, let's get scaling. And she's like, no, no, we don't know if there's hostages, if they are, where they are. And Cass is like, or or if they're still alive. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's true, but also (laughs) very dark. Uh, I I do like that as as Cass is like, she's not good at communicating, you know? Yeah, very blunt. She didn't mean it to come off that way, yeah. Uh, It still came off that way anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when Nightwing finally kind of like chimes in over the comms. uh, And it turns out that Steph and Huntress are also both in the building somewhere. He's not seen them. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of chaos has just went down. Uh, I love the sequencing here as he's talking. Like, so we see him in the comms. He's clearly not an outfit. He's in like you know whatever undercover outfit he was wearing, 
and mm -hmm. the panels we get these panels just sort of looking down the hall at the elevator as the doors are opening and we're getting closer to it it's like this is like a horror version of Die Hard is basically what yep. I described this as so far yep. uh, super effective really cool stuff um, and then yeah, actually this is actually the last page of the, uh, the, the main story is uh, we see a woman of some kind uh, bleeding on top of the elevator inside the shaft profusely the, the implication from the dialogue being that it's huntress I, yeah, I would say that too. I would say that the lighting and the colouring makes her hair not look like dark like Huntress's hair. Well, what I'm going to suggest, because she looks like she's wearing inpatient gear, like, she, you know, mm -hmm. like she's yeah. a patient there. She may be also undercover, you know, Dick as there a as, a, as a worker and her there as a patient. So yeah. they've probably maybe they've dyed her hair as well to like, you know, disguise her a bit. Yeah, I suppose to uh, give, give, I mean, this could be either Huntress or Steph, really, but I will say the idea that the colouring changes the blood to purple as it goes down to the bottom of the page would also maybe be a hint that it's one of them. Mm -hmm. Just as a, a nice little touch. Purple, yeah. yeah. The, the length of the hair looks like it could be Huntress. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's a wig, it doesn't really matter what the length is, I suppose. It's not. I'm assuming it's right. not a wig, because I'm assuming that would be found out pretty quickly in so, in this old facility. True. But, I mean, who knows? We'll find out next week. Yeah. So, so yeah, we have Dick, Helena, and Steph inside. Yeah. And then we got Babs, Kate, Cass, and then any other other Robins? I don't know if they're going to be. I, I think Tim's showing up at some point. Some point, okay. yeah. But they're not, not featured as of yet, yeah. Right. Uh, so, so I mean, I mean, this issue more more than anything else is a bit of mood, and it sets the stage for like what mm -hmm. the predicament is. Uh, but we're still a little bit unclear exactly what they've done, other than just that they've taken control of the tower, and they've got hostages. So I mean, that's something and, I'm presumably we're going to like play out yeah. and see snippets of. And why? And I think it's interesting yeah. we do start in day seven because it means that we can go further back to something important that maybe like plants a seed mm -hmm. for the story if when it's, it's relevant. Necessary, yeah. Yeah. So there's room there for all that stuff. Um, mm hmm. Yeah, I had a blast with this, pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah it was I, a lot of fun. All I really complain is that I kind of want more of it, and I guess it's good that it's weekly, because hey, I'll get yeah, it. Yeah, next week. I think it's yeah. paced knowing that it's weekly. Yeah. Um, if this was a monthly thing, I'd be... Not that I'd be, you know, knocking points off it, but I, I, I would say it, it would be paced, you know, not amazingly for a monthly comic, but knowing that there's an issue next week, I think it's paced more <laughs> appropriately for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm excited for next week. Uh, and like I said last time, I'm just glad that all these characters are getting to start together in an ensemble. It's just a nice yeah. touch. Mm -hmm. I do like the idea of, of Detective being the ensemble, ensemble bat book. You know, it's a nice feeling. It sure. takes me back to early rebirth. It's interesting as well, because I think this is kind of the first story that we've got that's kind of the post-Tynan stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Tynan posted his final, like, uh, bat newsletter this past week. And it was clear from that just how much he was driving the entire bat line, like Detective as well. All the stuff with uh, Bruce in the city, you know, all those scenes that we had of Bruce just like in the apartment and you know, meeting Deb and mm -hmm. those ideas of him kind of having neighbours and being a schlub. Yeah. That was all stuff that Tynan wanted to write but couldn't fit it into his bat book. So it was like, ah, oh, that'll go over to Detective. Oh, nice. So it'll be interesting to see now, okay, what do they do from here you, you know, now that someone else is calling the shots, so, you know, probably will go in a fairly different direction. Yeah, no, curious to see. Uh, so, the backup's there as well, and what's funny, actually, I realised uh, as I was putting out last week's episode that 
we didn't actually talk about the backup in the last issue. And I read we it. We didn't. Yeah, and I read it. I, I, it just slipped my mind, and we just kind of moved on. Okay. Uh, but there because wasn't... usually for me, that's code that you didn't read it, and we're just moving no, on. I, I, so that's why. I did read it. I just I forgot it. about it. Um, and yeah. it, it was just the last part of the... Uh, the, the 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 teasing of the tower, you know, and the, the guy wanting to take it, you know, take it down. The uh, guy wanting to take it down, and Harley trying to be the, yeah, like a judge in that. There wasn't the honestly, there wasn't much to it. I didn't really feel bad that we didn't talk about it because it was basically just yeah. yeah the, the the tower's here. Batman's got his like his little psychedelic funk, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't much yeah. more to it than that. Uh, but this backup here is interesting. Uh, because we have an in- very you know cool creative team on this. Yeah. We got Blanco on the art. I believe this is the creative team for all of the backups as well. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a 12-part backup, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you got yeah Blanco on the art, and you got Rosenberg uh, writing the, the story here. And it's going to be Arkham-related, although we don't really see till the very end of it that how it's tying into Arkham, necessarily. Uh, it's just a story of this kid, uh, a ginger, no less. P- possibly Nero 19. Oh yeah, that, that would be. Really that was my sense. thought. It never obviously names it, but I, I, I thought maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but basically, this this dad comes home and he's like freaking out. They turn off the lights. and we need to, you know, pack a bag, leave as soon as possible. And the wife's like, "I'm sure it's just a misunderstanding." But of course, the person that he's pissed off is the Joker. <laughs> yes. Never a good time. Yeah. Who comes knocking? Uh, and they hide the kid in the closet. Uh, but if I honestly, probably my, some of my favorite stuff of this stuff is the Joker murders the parents and the kids hiding in the closet, and the, the Joker's got an axe. There's a lot of shining references. He's he's outright mm-hmm. quoting it as he's like busting down the door. But my favorite part of all this is that when he sees the dinosaur toy uh, after he's murdered the parents, is just when he's walking over, he goes, "You know, I never took him for a dinosaur, man. Hmm, unless there's someone else." <laughs> like I just has like mm-hmm. talking to himself as he's sort of like. He, he knows there's someone else there, but he's kind of like going through this motion of pretending to that like he's figuring it out for the sake of the kid hearing him. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. that part. I thought that was really well written. Yeah. And then Batman shows up just in time. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. Also, well, the, for the kid. kid no, obviously for the parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, the kid hiding in the closet with a gun, ready to take Joker out. Well, what was cool about though is that he doesn't go. Like, he finds the gun in there because there's a moment yeah. beforehand where the dad's looking for his gun and he can't find it, mm-hmm. and then the kid just sort of stumbles on it when he's in there. Uh, honestly, that art is maybe some of the best stuff in the backup. Is like the, the kid just like holding up the gun uh, when mm-hmm. he's inside the closet, and you can see all the lines of light. And, and uh, obviously, Blanco is great, and we spent a long time raising Blanco on every mm-hmm. issue of Catwoman that he did uh, over yeah. the past couple of years. Uh, but I think what sells this backup for me is Bel Air's colors. The really flat colors just make it feel very different to well, kind of everything else that we've had recently. Well, there's that. And then the very first panel where everything feels like until the dad comes in, it seems very dreamlike. Yeah, like, it's story it's book, time. Kind of. Right. And then he comes in and now it's the real world. And it's yeah. just the, the subtle difference of the inks and the color. Uh, yeah. 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 It just it completely shifts. Uh, so obviously Batman has no trouble like, disarming the kid because uh, he's yeah. Batman. Uh, but the, the rest of the story is basically that no one has like a solution for where this kid should go like social mm-hmm. services are like closed down for the night uh like gordon's asking what he should do with them so he ends up putting them with two uniforms and 
like it's it's just a series of panels of like different people like basically like just passing them on to the next person and not even outside of, out of cruelty it's more just you know gordon's got like joker to go hunt <laughs> like he's he's got stuff to do yeah um and the end of the story is that they're actually putting them in arkham for the time being like is which is just messed up <laughs> like yeah. you're treating yeah. that as your like go-to orphanage given who's there uh that's so a bad it's a bad there, sign. there's no way this kid grows up to be healthy after that no yeah. <laughs> uh, on the the panel where there's no one to go the second panel with the ambulance that christmas hour i believe it is that's yeah. what i thought okay. it looked like anyway i thought so too because so that that's where we want to look about when the time frame is that's you know in in batman time it's a little bit far back yeah so, i mean in real time it's probably like 20 years but in yeah. Batman time, uh, maybe, ten. maybe ten. Like, yeah. like I also kind of feel if you look at the Joker, he seems you know early kind of Joker. Like yeah, with the, yeah. With the tie. That's why I thought this kid could be Nero. Right, right. But yeah, I saw him standing there, you know, and I was like, oh, it's got to be Christmas Allen from uh, I mean, Gotham Central. If it isn't Nero, then I suspect it is someone else that we're going to be introduced to. Yeah, and yeah. the main story as an adult. Um, That'd be my guess. But yeah, so it's nice, nice that the backup, it, it's got a good creative team, but it's going to complement the main story in some way because it is going to delve into some Arkham stuff. So. Yeah. Hey, maybe it's Doctor Ware. Who knows? Maybe. That's all. Well, that's, that was my thought too, but I feel like. I don't know. He seems For older. Him, I, I admit he seems yeah. like he's in his 40s or whatever, so he seems a bit older, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy him being a kid when Batman's running around. But I mean. But. I don't know, maybe we'd stay in Arkham while you were a kid, ages you quickly. <laughs> yeah, like... Add grow some, fast. Add some you don't grow lines. up at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like growing up with Monarchy, you don't eat fast, you don't eat at all. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel sick, I just made a Fringe reference, I'm not happy with you myself. You did, but, but it's a good Fringe reference. <laughs> you are not the person I expected Fringe references from. Me neither. And that one just popped in my head because of what you said, it's just it came flashing yeah. back. It used to be on TV the same time every day after school, okay? A lot of it's ingrained it, in my brain. It, it was on a lot, wasn't yeah. it? Um, it still is, though. Like, you can't, like, flip through stuff at night before bed without coming across it on the channel here. Like, it's like on four different ones. It's crazy. So, yeah, so we'll rate both the main story and the backup. Like, they both deserve mm -hmm. separate ratings. Mm -hmm. Matt, what are, you, what are you giving them? Um, So I'm giving the, the main an 8.5. And I'm also giving the backup an 8.5. Sounds like you had a good time reading the comic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Connor? Yeah, I'm probably going to go with the same. Yeah, I, I can't really fall. Mm -hmm. I, I might slip the backup down to an 8, but that's like a minor yeah. nudge. Uh, and maybe it's just because, you know, like as much as I enjoyed some of the Joker stuff, when I saw it was the Joker that was coming, I was like, oh, another Joker story. There was like a, a slight amount of another one okay <laughs> but i mean right, but how much trauma in joe in uh, gotham is joker responsible for oh for sure like you know especially since it doesn't necessarily feel like the rest of the story might be that focused on joker i mean just be, no you know. i don't think it will be at yeah. all to be honest i think he's just there as it's he's the inciting incident yeah <laughs> yeah that makes some sense so no uh so that's this 12 week epic is off to a delightful start uh so we'll be back next week with part two Batman one one nine Joshua Williamson and several writers, uh, writers several sorry, artists. several artists. That's what I meant. I love that. Well, he's too lazy to write now. He's just got a team of writers to 
It's like, here's the general idea, you see, make that's, it work. That's, uh, that's called Amazing Spider-Man, I think, right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that feels harsh. I mean, they, oh, they are, they are pumping, they are pumping out, like, three or four books a month, so it's not yeah. like, it's not like <laughs> it's someone being lazy. Uh, so, yeah, so the, the end of the last issue was that Lex Luthor is now funding Batman Inc., and he reveals himself, uh, as such. Prick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that sums it up. He's such a prick. The, the return of, of Prick Lex. I mean, I always prefer that to evil scheme that we've gotten the last two or three years, the whole Justice League. and This is just Legion. selfish Lex. Yeah, this is my favorite kind of Lex. So to see this one where he gets to the point where he talks about how, how expensive this wine is, but you're not paying for the wine, you're paying for the story. So then he dumps the wine out, and you're like, oh, you dickhead. Um, which perfect, perfect tone setting. Oh my, in here. Yeah, and even Bruce is not that materialistic. Is like, really, no. really? <laughs> can you, can you yeah. Just pour that out. <laughs> Have some respect. Uh, At least drink it. <laughs> yeah. So, no, really nice. Um, so yeah, I mean to start with Lex and Batman. There was there was a quick flashback page with Alfred uh, talking mm-hmm. about how. Yeah, this whole super steroid and cowardly thing for the criminals will work to a point, but there's going to be other types of criminals, and that sets up the idea that you've got this Lex who's out in the open, he's smarmy, yeah, he's confident, you know. Um, you know the, the kind that Bruce, you know, at that time wasn't thinking about, the ones that, that don't have to hide, they can just be in the light. And I was like, yeah. oh my god, that's so perfect. Did, did, did we ever have President Lex in this continuity? I don't think so. I think that was... I don't think so, lost. because... Yeah, I feel like he would want to be addressed as Mr. President. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't think it happened. And it's one of those stories that I don't think... Obviously, we spent a lot of time over continuity in the last you know decade kind of mm-hmm. redoing you know right. major beats. Just you know, anyway, I don't think they'll get away with doing that one again now because it will feel too, too on the nose, right? Co- compared to who we've had, I would vote for Lex over that other person... Anytime, because at least Lex is good at what he does. All right, he's evil, but he's good at it. So, you know. And then there's a weird angle with Lex being present where it's kind of what he wants, and not in an evil way, but more just he wants the how he wants the control. Right. And that kind of just is a a way for him to get that. And really, from what I remember too, how they dealt with it too was it wasn't until Batman Superman uh, that Loeb wrote. To set up the things that were in, like, kind of seed the infinite crisis, that Lex was kind of just treated as the president. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't have to like him, but he was doing the job. Like, he wasn't doing anything any more nefarious than other presidents have done. Yes. Um, and that was kind of refreshing from what I remember. It's been 20 years, right? Like, it but, been that long. It's not yeah, been 20. it was 2000. Was it? Yeah, it was Lex's president was in 2000 because they made a whole big deal about it. I thought it was closer to like pre Flashpoint, or you know, like obviously still pre Flashpoint, but I mean, I thought it was closer to the end of that decade, but fair enough. You guys talk about this, I'll look. So (laughs) I I also thought it was later, but you know, yeah. Uh, So Lex, I mean, he does this knowing Batman's going to get away. He's not really trying to capture Batman, but it's like the the law in the country right now is that any Batman should be like captured or shot on sight. Uh, so he's, he's he's let the 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 police in and they take shots at Batman, and uh, Batman leaves a note for the detective Lady Kea, um, that he'll see her soon, and he's like, "Well, that's not creepy at all." <laughs> uh, so. But it cuts to like uh, the, the rooftop of wherever Lex is staying. He probably owns the building. Let's be honest. 
um mm-hmm. in Banesia and Bruce is there and of course like they couldn't talk as openly in front of <laughs> Kea. You know, Lex for all his sh- the, the shitheadiness he is isn't going to just like out who Batman is in front of you know the public. Everyone. You know, he's yeah. he, he at least keeps that to himself. Um and I mean, you could, we could argue a lot of motives for why he does that beyond just doing it out of the kindness of his heart. I think my favorite part of this scene, though, and you might already mentioned the, the the pouring of the $20 million bottle of wine, is the fact that Bruce is completely calm until Lex dares to call Dick soft. And mm-hmm. we turn the page and he leaps up and he's about to punch the <laughs> shit out of Lex. Uh, but, you know, he lets him go. And uh, it's like, oh, look, I'm taking the body of Abyss, who, of course, was the one that was, it seems to have been murdered by a lot of the Batman, uh, to a lab that Lex owns, and you can examine him there. And, of course, <laughs> and he Batman's out of the scene. And, of course, he knows not to, he's, he's like, I'm not going to trust Lex. I'm, I'm going to go and try and get to the body before it gets to the Lex lab, because I don't trust what he's going to do. Like, maybe he'll switch the body, maybe he'll contaminate it first. He can't just trust Lex. Um... So then we get what I'm going to call a really, really chunky-looking Batman uh, an outfit standing on the next page. Mm-hmm. Anyone yep. else have this problem? He's a little bit bulky. Like... He is. I think as well, because obviously the, the section we just came off with Bruce and Lex, that, that was clear that the, the, the yeah. Janet section. And... Like, not, not as bad as the so Kubert sleek. stuff in Taylor's Batman Detective, or The Detective. Mm-hmm. But it's up there with those proportions. Do you know what I think it is? It's things like you can fa- you, you can feel the fabric, like you can see the creases mm-hmm. in the fabric of like just it stretching as opposed to being he looks, any sort of thicker material. Yeah, but he does look wide though. Like his body looks wide. He does. I think it's partially the stance as well that we're kind of seeing like a, a weird angle. Yeah, it just it's not, it, it looks kind of stumpy, I guess, compared to normal. He looks like short and wide as opposed to yeah. like whatever you know mm-hmm. Batman's... it's just in this one panel as well yeah it's just this one panel and well that's the thing i think I'll, all my favorite art in the book comes in the last chunk which we're about to get to and we're not quite there yet but basically batman calls uh detective lady uh, kia and says hey you're gonna have to distract uh the other police officers for a minute while i get a look at this body before it goes to lex and she kind of reluctantly goes along with the and the the body kind of Batman's out the scene because <laughs> yeah. you know Batman does his thing. Uh, it's a fun little sequence. Um, and he inspects the body and he's like, "Look, this isn't a best. Something weird's going on here because this body isn't. Like, this is not someone who's been dead for two days. That's just not what this is." Um, and there's something in his mouth. Uh, the lights go out and then things go dark and we kind of get our first proper time. And it's, it's when the lights go out. See that, that page where he's like going through his different vision options and he's like infrared, night vision. This yeah. page onwards, I think the art is like stupendous. I do as well, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's, he tries a flashbang to see if he can see anything and we just have this, you know, really dark, it's this, grainy... It's that grainy effect to it. It reminds me a lot of um, Bameo stuff. A little, yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's great. It's a bit Blade Bahamo, but I, I'd say that like the actual like character work is a little bit different. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, but like, and then you know, so there's Batman looks basically in the darkness trying to look for this abyss, and he's saying, you know, who are you? Why did you fake your death? So on, so on. And abyss like jumps out from behind him. That that page is gorgeous. Um, yeah. and the whole thing is like. Uh, just you know it's, it's him they're fighting in the darkness 
Uh, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's, it, he says he's a creature of darkness. It was giving me flashbacks of Dark Knight Rises when Bane's like, you know, the shadows will betray you because they belong to me. It was just kind of that vibe a little bit. Um, if Batman just gave him a chair, that would have been it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's got, he actually, it reminds me a little bit of Reaper from Year 2, a touch as well, because yeah. he's, he's got like a sickle that he kind of has. There's that. Like my only side, issue yeah. with the design is I'm not a fan of the X eyes because it reminds me of those stupid purge masks <laughs> that have been on sale every year for Halloween uh, since that movie fair. came out. And like, I, I don't like the the X, but I like the way that they have like that blue glow to them. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I just don't like the X because it all I can see is a purge mask, and to me that makes it me cringe and not like, oh, this guy is legit. Mm. But it does set him apart because I feel like if it was a skull mask, now it looks like phantasm, right? So there's a there's a fine line, and I don't know what to do different. I just maybe wouldn't make him X's. You make make it a visor or something. I love hearts. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, I really, I, see, I think it really sells him as a really ominous threat. Uh, like you said, the glow off the eyes and the general mm-hmm. just kind of way that handles the lightning in these pages is great. And then the final page, which, or well, final couple of pages, uh, which is, you know, Detective Kia comes in, Batman's down in the ground, he's bleeding, he's hurt. Uh, you know, the, this art here, as he's like crouched down, I think some of the best looking stuff as well. It's not as good as the, the darkness pages, but it, it does look really good. Um, and then the final cliffhanger here, uh, because she's saying, oh, we'll put the building in lockdown, we need to catch who did this. And the final page is the Batman, uh, his eyes are all black, he cannot see. He says it's too dark. So I love this idea, because it, I don't know, obviously he is, he, literally he is blind, but I don't know if it's specifically that he's made him blind, and it's more the idea that Abyss's powers like, Oh, he's looked into the abyss, and now he's stuck in the abyss, like visually, mm-hmm. until you know either it wears off, maybe that he has to cure it with something. Who knows? But at this point, but uh, I-, I like that play on like this character's like a powers, or maybe it's just something he's poisoned him with on his blade. Like, you uh-huh. know, he just stabbed him with something. It's possible. He's blind as a I'm, bat. I'm inclined to think it was before the stabbing on the blade, the blade, because of. Mm-hmm. That would explain the effect in general that, you know... Yeah, like, like so, do, so do you think it's almost like sh- like Shadow from GSA uh, who's, like, turned, like, the entire room dark with power? Kind of, but more target. I think it is... I think it did affect him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if it was like... I don't know if it was like a poison, more of like a mental, like, block, essentially. Like blocking well, out this, this seems yeah. biological because it went from that dead body to him and then that's where remember none of the yeah that's why the infrared couldn't because it's yeah i think it's the start it's, of that sequence if it, where yeah if it wasn't for the fact that he does get stabbed with something i would even speculate that no one was ever physically there to fight him but he does get right. slashed with a yeah. weapon so yeah. uh i would maybe rule that out but it's, it's that sort of thing where it does feel like yeah he gets something from this dead body that triggers something and then mm-hmm. you know maybe this like alerts the best to come and I mean, it must be nearby. It's not like he can't yeah. be traveling that far away, but maybe that's what kind of triggers Abyss's appearance and then yada, yada, yada. Like, but the whole sequence is great, though. It really feels like... It feels like the first time that like, Arnold has to fight out the Predator or something like that, where it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, this is, like, a big deal. This villain's not to be trifled with. Yeah. So No, it's very interesting stuff that was sent up here. And... Well, because if you look, his eyes are dark after the flashbang. In almost every panel, except for where he says cut the posturing, um, where they very much look like, you know... Uh, they got the lenses in. Yeah, but if you look there, 
they do a very good job at shielding his eyes the rest of the time. Um, except only, for when he gets stabbed. The so. only time I uh, see anything in his eyes other than black, really, uh, he gets stabbed, and also the moment where he's holding the batarangs in his hand. Yeah. It looks like you can see there. But mm -hmm. uh, you, you could sort of take this as a representation of him just being blind the entire fight. Yeah. And then it's at the end of the, the you know the scene where she's in there and the lights are on, and you realize, oh no, wait, it's not it's not the room that's dark. It's that he can't see anything. Uh, that was my assumption when I got to the end of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, it was a really great sequence. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm enjoying Detective Mode conceptually, but I can't deny yeah. that this was a fun issue with no. uh, some really good art. Obviously, the art does jump around because there's like three or four artists. So, yeah. you know, there's that problem to deal with. That last chunk and then the stuff with uh, Lex I thought were really strong. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. The, the Lex stuff, that's, that's yeah, I'm pretty comfortable on that. Uh, it's That's always great, and I really like how he draws his Bruce. It's it's really like just still, you know, in, in the range of like, he's a normal guy, but like mm -hmm. casual, and you know, he's obviously quite buff, but still like in, in, the, in the limits of feasibility for, hey, this is just a rich guy. It, mm -hmm. it, yeah, yeah, looks great, but then, but then you know this last section just is so unique that it, that it's much more interesting. I think. Yeah, no, it it, it set the villain apart. It was because you know it's always really hard to introduce a new villain, and sometimes it's just like oh, it's a new type of outfit. They've got some beef with Batman from his past or whatever. This was like no, no. This is how the fight the fights themselves are going to function differently. And you can say, yeah, is it that different from being like dosed with scarecrow poison in some ways or whatever? No. And it's not really, but like it's got its own spin on it, and it made it fun to to read. So yeah. Now so. he's like Daredevil <laughs> without the sonar, which I think makes... it's interesting because he he mentions obviously during the fight or at the start he can still see himself. Right. I don't yeah. know if by the end it's gotten worse that he can't even see that anymore, or mm -hmm. if it's just a case well, of... Well, what if it has to do with the light, and that it's double, that that Abyss can do a thing where it tra he traps light, right? And so Bruce can see in the dark. I think, I, I think that's kind of what yeah. gave me the vibe, that it's less blindness, is that this idea that he can still see himself, so it's like he's, he's right. in a black void. Right. Yeah. But and there is stuff so, around him, he just can't see anything else, but he can still yeah, see his so own once, hands and stuff. Once a, once a Abyss was gone, that effect stayed, and it's bright, right? Almost think like um, Obsidian, when he brings the darkness around. Yeah. 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 That's what I mean, like, when we get to the end, and he's saying, you know, oh, it's too dark. Has it gotten worse for him? Can he no longer see himself at right. this point? Or is it more a case of, it, he's just, you know, it's too dark, he can't see anything else? I, yeah, you know, so yeah, he'll struggle to do anything meaningful. Yeah, I, I guess the best thing I could compare it to is like walking through a, a thick fog. It's just in this case, the fog is blackness instead of, mm -hmm. you know, but it's only yeah. for him. No one else can see the blackness. It's, right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun beat. Um, uh, did anyone read the backup? I did no. not. No, I didn't either. Uh, that looked like it was for me uh, at a glance, so I just didn't bother. I, I read the first page and was like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matt, what are you rating Batman? Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Car? Uh, I think I'll give it an 8. I'll give it an 8 as well. Uh, it, may, it may even have been bumped up to a 0.5 if it wasn't for the art being inconsistent and that chonky-looking Batman on that yeah. one page really distracted me. So, there you go. Batman 119. Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 6, Tom Taylor with John Timms on art. 
And uh, that's, you know what's so funny is I, I I I kept forgetting that the the annual was an annual, like because yeah. I I was like, didn't that just happen? I'm like, oh, technically it was an annual, so it could have slotted in anywhere. So it's not necessarily a right now thing, because I, I I kept waiting for Lex to be referenced again in this, and he never yeah, was. We'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. No, we get a different. Yeah, we, we get, kind of, but not really. We get well, we get Bendix. We get we get yeah. Lex two point or whatever <laughs> you want yep. to call him. So. Yeah, uh, we obviously we do a little thing at the start here in Bloodhaven, which I have to admit is going to play in a little bit to the crossover that's coming up between Nightwing and Superman. Mm-hmm. That would make mm-hmm. sense. Uh, but it's basically this uh, superpowered agent who is kidnapping homeless uh, young people for experiments uh, so, back in Gamora. Do we think Heartless has something to do with this, or do you think that's unrelated? Heart- yeah, Heartless is, yeah, Heartless is running concurrent. To the people, you know, kidnapping the these ones. I don't think it's related. Okay, because it's a similar mo, except they're <laughs> he's stealing hearts, uh, and not in the HBK way, you know. Um, <laughs> actually, in the Mola Rom way. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. No, no, I think this is just this is specific to this plot, but I'm sure it's going to come up in Nightwing, and that's why we'll have the mm-hmm. crossover. It may not even come up until the issue that's actually the crossover. I don't know if it's I mean, just a case of that's why John goes to Bloodhaven. Yeah. Because, hey, this is hey. coming out of this city, so I'm going to go investigate it. And right. he's like, well, I'll help. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and here's here's the other thing. Do we think this is related to the Freedom Fighters, uh, the team from the um, Suicide Squad? You know, like we have Wink and Airy. We both no. know they got their powers. <laughs> Everyone's just shit down that today. I, and again, I think this one's more likely, but I still think no. Okay, because uh, we do know, like, because Jay is friendly with them. Right. Like, I, th- I think the reason I'm hoping not, and again, don't get me wrong, I, you know, I, I'm all for, hey, let's mm-hmm. have these characters around and interconnectivity and yeah, whatever, but Jay's origin that we learn this with, a presidential parent, is eerily similar to... And that's why I feel like they they're a little bit tied. Oh, to me, it was already like I don't think I like this. It's like it's a little bit too. Uh, honestly, I kind of just did this. I'll interject here. I actually I have two nitpicks about this issue, and that's one of them is that I don't like that her his uh, mother turns out to be this important person. Uh, the fact yeah. the fact that the ex president that the uh, Bendix took the position from is his parent made mm-hmm. me roll my eyes a bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. That's that. Does that in general just? Oh, he happens to be that important. Or, yeah. yeah. By proxy. You know, because I, of that. But also just the, the presidential parent thing was something Taylor just did in Suicide Squad. With with Ari. Yeah. And it also gets me to that with Jay, I was hoping that they were just going to have that Lois Lane sense of, yeah, I'm from Gomorrah, it's messed up, I want to change things. The fact that it's more personal, that it's his mom was the former president, it's just it's a hat on a hat. Almost. I mean, I, I don't mind the idea that he's got a parent who's trapped there that he wants no, no, to no, save. No, I think that's fine, but, but the fact that it's right. the, the president that's president. important, you that's know? That's the hat on the hat, where it's just yeah. like, okay, him wanting to go back and, and save his mom, who who got whisked away for being part of this freedom movement, right? Still works. But making her the president, and what was, where's, what's the um, island that Ari's from? Their mom was the president. I don't remember the name. Good, right? good, 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 good uh, luck remembering that. I'm gonna find it. 
<laughs> also, by the way, President Lex... Say, is, is he finding this like he did with President Lex? Well, President Lex, the first President Lex reference was from August 14th, 2000. So, um, you guys might think it's a little bit later because the first collected President Lex didn't come out till 03. So... Okay. Um, but it started in 2000. How long did it last? Um, the collection only has seven issues in it. Huh. So... I think it went up until Batman Superman started when um, Waller is his chief of staff. And I really thought it was later than that. Yeah. Mm -mm. So I'm, I'm going to look this up. You guys talk about Superman Comic Con a little quick. Yeah. So, so we see that they're on a, the, the teens that are stolen are on like a, a shipping crate and a, a can, you know, on a, on a boat, uh, you know, presumably going to, uh, but uh, not Benisa. That was the last bit we read. Uh, Gamora. Mm -hmm. uh, so, we cut to Lois and Batman, and Batman's like, "Look, we sorry we missed the, the the thing going to the Kent farm, but the, it was a small plane. It didn't have any weapons on it, but they turned a person into a weapon, which is how it sort of bypassed the mm -hmm. the safety features. Uh, so we're going to have to set you and the Kents up somewhere safe. And she's like, "Yeah, set the Kents up somewhere safe, but I'm Lois freaking Lane. I'm going to go figure out what's going on uh, and all the rest of it. Uh, and then we have Superman, uh, John." who is nervous about going back to talk to Jay and basically says, I owe you dinner because, you know, I invited you over and then the, the house blew up. So <laughs> um, I'll go get some food. <laughs> and also, uh, he's like calming John down. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what would have happened. And Chase is like, probably a whole lot more destruction. You you are super powered. Just, I, I do love their dynamic. <clears throat> yeah. So they have some pizza on top of the Daily Planet Globe. Uh, and get some back from New York. He made a big deal that he flew all the way to New York to get that pizza. Uh, <laughs> is that that far, really? I don't know. Where is Metropolis? Oh, don't start it... that. I don't care. I don't. I don't guess yeah. it's one of these nerd debates. I don't care. I'm assuming that... it, when I say is it that far, really, in the context of the first question you ask is, "Oh, did you go to Italy for this?" So, in context, New York isn't that far by comparison. Right, but he still didn't... It's not like he went to his favorite pizza place in Metropolis, yeah. right? He went extra to go to New York, however yes. far it is away. Right, well, anyway, this this is where he gives the backstory about his mother uh, mm -hmm. and him being tested on until he got his invisible... Or, not invisible, but his incorporable... Incorporealness. Incorporealness, thank you. He can phase. He can phase through things. Right, so they come up with this plan. They go to steal some records uh, to try and figure things out and maybe connect, like who's responsible for everything. Uh, so it's actually Jay who's going to sneak in uh, with his powers, and John feels uneasy about it because you know he's the one who puts his life on the line. He doesn't like other people doing it. And the irony here, probably the best thing I think I think about this issue, is the ultimate joke here is that he runs into Damien, and then they both run into Lois because they're all there <laughs> to help John and figure out what's going on. So they end up obviously working together and they, they, they get back outside and there's interactions and whatnot. Yeah, uh, uh, I laughed at the line from from uh, Damien. He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm a friend of John. He doesn't have any others. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it's, all of this stuff is fairly delightful. Uh, I will say, Damien's line where he says, I'm really happy for you, man, and sort of like hits him in the arm. I like, the, like, I like everything else around this. I like... Uh, Lois pointing out that it's unnerving that Damien's smiling. He's, she, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not, she's yeah. not used to it coming from him. Uh, uh, I will say that specific moment, though, it felt like it was a little too straight for Damien in the way he says it. 
I, was, I almost expect a bit more attitude in how he says it. Like, well, I still, almost, I think he would give give the sentiment. Don't get me wrong, but I think he'd do it in his own Damien way. I always feel like he is the guy that threatens the significant other of the best friend. Like, yeah, you, you don't hurt them, or I'm going to hurt you. And he pulls the parental role. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then John's going to be like, All right, "Don't ignore him. He's done." Yeah, I, 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 and we like John. We're like, "Hey, I'm older than you now. Remember?" Yeah. And, and was like, "So, yeah." So I don't care. Like this is like Superman City Batman. I've got powers, and Batman's always like, "I don't care. I don't need them." That's this is the equivalent. This is this is Damien saying, "I don't care yeah. if you're older. I'm Damien." Yeah. <laughs> Did you fight in a Mortal Kombat S tournament to prevent your grandmother from you know resurrecting a demon? No. Shut up. Yeah. So that's all delightful. So they they find out what ship uh people have been taken on, uh, and they've recognized a couple of like high officials or and notably yeah, the, the superpower. The superpowered guy that's doing all this, they don't recognize. Like, oh, there's some mysterious other person. So he's a bit of a mystery mm-hmm. to them. Um, but John goes to the ship, uh, rips open the door to, to the, the kidnapped uh, teens and stuff. Unfortunately, this superpowered guy, um, like, he's not actually strong enough to put John down, but John does feel it. Like, he gets kind of weak and he realizes that he's not going to win this. So he just quickly grabs the uh, diplomat and the creative kidnapped kids and just flies off. Mm-hmm. He, he knows he can't fight this. This power is too strong. Yeah. Uh, now, clearly this is better than what most people do because the guy points out when he's explaining this to Bendix later, he's like, nah, John was too powerful. He got away. Like, clearly everyone else he does this to just, like, passes out and that's right. it. That's the end of it. But, uh, so, so we get this scene where he's saving them. And it's nice enough. Uh, the, big, the big sort of reveal here with this is when he takes this uh, guy back to Jay, who's got a mask on. He's not revealing who he is. Uh, it turns out that his mother's still alive. She's still there to be saved. Uh, of course she is. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just see that they've got uh, a lot of people they've been doping with superpowers. They've got a bunch of test tubes with various characters in them, and they're calling this the Rising. So Bendix has got an army of superpowered beings that he's going to unleash soon. Okay, yeah. so we, we all know we all love Tom Taylor. Yes. Patron right? Saint of the show. Lord and Savior. So I, just, I, mm-hmm. I looked up the Aerie. Right, Ares from Botanesia, which we just saw in Batman. And Batman, right? yeah. um, We should have remembered, really, shouldn't we? They were part of the post-human project, which was illegally turning people into metahumans. Mm-hmm. Sounds an awful lot like someone from Gamora getting tested on to be a part of the Rising. It it, it feels like there's a lot of plot beats kind of being I mean, recycled into this book yeah. doesn't maybe, maybe we'll find out that, like the diplomat or something was the one who like defected like he escaped towards the yeah. end of Banesia stuff and he went to Bendix and said hey I've got some ideas for you so maybe there will be a tangential link like that where the inspiration yeah. came from the same place or something right. maybe it but also- right now it, it feels like hey yeah you know, the super powered experiments the army that they're creating mm-hmm. presidential parent it, it feels like there's some recycled beats going on I mean, it's. I mean, it, they always said that the eleven issues we got a Suicide Squad was was all that was ever planned. But I suppose you could argue that maybe this is a sense that maybe there was Threads. more story to tell with all this, and this is him just doing the rest of it now. Yeah, I mean, there, there are similar threads, and that's why I thought maybe there, it's part of that same plotline. Because once Winkin Airy showed up, it was you're like, oh, young kid with power. Of course, they're, you know. But it's a little bit too on the nose if they're not. I, I mean, I I, I think this is fairly possible. Uh, I poo pooed the uh, the first idea you had, whatever that was. I've forgotten now. <laughs> but this one seems reasonable enough. Yeah, 
I still yeah. don't think it is related, but it it could like it, you know it's more possible than the other one I think. But I, I still my my instinct was that no, they're not. This is the little bit that David will clip out, and whenever he's proven wrong mm-hmm. later, it'll flash back to this in black and That's white. Fun. I mean, I, I don't care. I, I hit my bed pretty pretty safely there. Uh, there was a lot of I think and possible and maybes. Uh, but <laughs> There's still a lot of good stuff here, so it's like I'm not gonna throw it all out. But this was the first issue where I felt like there's a lot of repeating plot lines going on here, and just the the being the kid of a nation's leader that got deposed. It's just yeah. It's the, the, the reveal, the backstory and reveal of who Jay's mother is, was definitely kind of the first big plot problem I've had with this this story. Mm-hmm. And it's not—I don't think it's going to be a huge deal at all run necessarily. Because no. like like I said, the the core thing of this issue, which is that all of people who care about John are all trying to help him, even though John yeah. doesn't think he wants help. I uh, don't want to put people right. out. Is is a nice sweet idea that tells you how much John means to the people around him. That's all good stuff. Um. But certainly, from 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 the the plot of what the the current story is doing right now, it does feel like it uh, is going to be some tropes that yeah I, I could have done without. And and, and yeah, I never really thought about it repeating things necessarily. But you're, you're right; it is kind of treading similar ground in a lot of ways. Like I think the 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 superpowered experience is generic enough that a lot of people do that. Where I wouldn't have called it out for being repetitive if it wasn't Taylor that did the other story as well. The, right. The, it, that's the only reason it feels more repetitive than just generic. Whereas I think the, the presidential thing, it's much more specific. But like, if he if he ties them together, and that's how Bendix is trying to, you know, he's taken the the kids of these small nations, well, that, presidents, that's... and using them for leverage, you know, like. Well, uh, well, that's why I'm saying there could be a link in that, like. Wh- not so much that I think Bendix is going to turn to be behind what was going on in Bandesia, although it could turn out. I mean, they could pull that if he wants mm-hmm. to. Um, it's more just, like, I, I could see there being, like, a link of, like, more and more places that are corrupt are trying to do this because it's it makes sense in a world filled with metahumans that they're going to try and build their own metahuman armies. So maybe, like, it will be brought up that it is simply... I, I don't think he's unaware of this. I don't think this is an accident <laughs> by any means. It feels yeah. like a, a lot of effort to kidnap Americans at... at- experiment on them rather than just using no, but kids in your own country right but these are I've used them all already <laughs> they're all, they're yeah, all these, are, these are also people that no one's going to mess so Taylor's making that point that if you're going to steal you're going to steal from us because we we have an issue societally sure. you know um, but but yeah um, I was going to say something else about this and then it, it spaced out shoot oh well yeah Oh, it, I remember now. Uh, you guys remember in 52? Has it been a while since you guys have read? It's been that? a while, yeah. But... A while, yeah. There, there was the Everyman Project with Lex, where he was turning around and trying to re reboot Infinity Inc. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and give people superpowers. It's kind of reminding me what the Rising is. Kind of along those same lines. Yeah. Um, that, that feels so... more like enslavement, though, with like, superpowers, yeah. specifically right. this one. Because... Because the Everyman Project was more like a reality show where you had to apply and then they would give you powers, you know. Uh, here, it definitely feels like it's less, you know, way less consent. Like, no consent. <laughs> I, say, I don't think there's any consent forms being signed in this yeah. at all. Yes. So, but yeah. So, no. Uh, 
So there's a lot of good stuff in this issue. Uh, I think, I mean, the art I didn't even mention yet, uh, particularly. I mean, Tim's is still Tim's. You know, this yeah. is, unlike the last uh, couple of books we talked about, this is a consistent artist that has been mm-hmm. here for since the start of the arc. So, yeah. yeah there's the, not much to really add, except it still looks like it, it did. Um, his, Damien looks a bit tall, perhaps, but maybe that's just yeah. like, maybe that's a conscious effort now to start to make him feel a bit taller because he's getting into that, that teen years. I do think we're kind of edging towards that because I'm, I'm assuming this is a post, a post tournament Robin yeah. that we're seeing yeah. here after you know continuity-wise it's set after whatever we're doing in that book right now, <laughs> he, and I think we're just we're he probably, lives he, in the he's past for two older. years, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He lives in the past for two years, kind of has the same kind of deal that John did, so now yeah, they're both yeah. time displaced. That works. Yeah. Sure, sure. He's gonna come back, and he's gonna be like, so, he's, he, "Do you know what? He's gonna come back, and he's gonna be one day older than John, just so he can rub it in his face." I'm older <laughs> again. <laughs> he could find a way back, but he chooses not to. I'll wait because he I'll, wants to be older yeah. than John when he gets back. I'll wait another year. <laughs> I'll wait yeah. another year. <laughs> See, now that would be Damien level penis. Yes. Yeah. That's Damien. <laughs> uh, no, it's good stuff. Uh, so, what are you rating the Superman, Matt? Uh, seven. Connor. Yeah, same. I think it's it's good on its own rights. I'm just dragging it down because of previous Taylor stories more than anything. Yeah, uh, I think I'm more bothered just, but in general, by the like the 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 new boyfriend's mother is so important and tied to the story. Like that just feels a bit too. Comic books do this all the time, where everyone has to turn out to be someone important, and I, you know, the, the uh, just comic books. I mean, movies too. I mean, uh, who's TV raised parents in Star books. Wars? Just stories. Ex- who's raised parents in Star Wars, for example? Maybe a. Uh, no, nobody's the nobody's Pete. Bigger relevant one. I don't, I don't know. The, the nobody's. That was the last movie. It said there were nobody's. Palpatine's behind it all. Uh, so. You and your crazy fan fiction. <laughs> That's what we said to JJ. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing to come out of that is Palpatine Fox. Uh, so, uh, anyway, was I, I was rating, wasn't I? Uh, please, no, yes, seven sounds about right. I, yeah. It's a very convincing seven. Yeah, well, because it's not any lesser than that, really. It's still, it's yeah. still well enough done. It's still got a good character piece. It still has pretty solid art. I mean, there's nothing like I can... It, it's just... I hate that trope, and I wish you hadn't done it. <laughs> Seven's perfectly fine. That's why I give out so many of them. <laughs> That's why whenever Matt sees an attractive woman, he goes, she's fine. And he just sort of looks and goes, seven. <laughs> you know how many times I asked my wife if she wanted to go see the 355? <laughs> she won't. I don't know what that is, but I'll just move that's, on. It's the new Jessica Chastain movie where she's a spy. Ah. With, with, with other female spies. Ah. And it came out in January, which we know only the best movies come out in January. <laughs> But Matt wants to go anyway because he has an unhealthy obsession with Jessica well, Chastain. Yeah, January. not that I. That's yeah. just, just to me. Connor, do me a favor and go watch the trailers. If you listen to music, you can clearly watch trailers while we talk. No, no. I mean, uh, I probably could, but... It looks bad in the best way. Yeah, so... Um, well, also, looking up this Bendix on this this Wikia, uh, he has deep ties to Midnighter, who also has ties to Superman through the backups. So I wonder how much editorial this has been, or if this is Taylor just pulling a, an obscure, you know, political mm. leader. Because um, they I, all seem to be, it's all layering. 
you know, it, in a it, it could way. be a relative coincidence in this case because you know because the Midnighter stuff with mm-hmm. Superman right now specifically is an action and it's right. you know separate right. to this. But I mean, yeah, it could be a nice little coincidence that mm-hmm. you know we, we got a Midnighter related character being part of John's story mm-hmm. in his yeah. book at the same time. But yeah. all right, uh, there you go. That's Superman Son of Kal El issue six. Sticking with Tom Taylor though. Dark Knights of Steel, issue three, Tom Taylor with Yasmin Putri on art. Um, so Zara, Zarel or whatever her name is, the Supergirl. <laughs> Zala, I think. Zala. Zala Zarel. That, that makes sense, actually. I don't know why I changed it to Zarel. I guess it's because Kara is usually Zarel. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so she she murdered the Jefferson kid. Yep. Uh, last mm-hmm. issue, in retaliation for the assassination of. Of Jarl, um, so this issue starts uh, with a shooting star coming down, and young Jimmy Olsen here with his telescope is like, "Quick, fe- fetch a Robin, fetch a Robin!" Batman must be informed. <laughs> yep. So I, I mean, this is just playing with you know the DC stuff at this point and having yep. fun with it. But it is, and it's a very green shooting star, as you can see already. Mm-hmm. Right, which, which I'm like, oh, it's the Star Heart. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> yes, you will. So Batman wants to go out and check it out, um, and Amanda Waller and Cora are like, nah, it's not a good idea. Uh, but Lara's like, no, okay, go out, become right back. Um, also, I'm sure I'm sure Matt nerded out at the the mention that uh, Harley should go and speak to the the lady of the the forest, whatever they call her. I I address this on Twitter because Taylor's teasing a lady yes. of the forest. And then I, I reply saying, I want to, you know, as soon as we're doing, you know, fantasy yeah. anyway, let's go full King Arthur, have a Lady of the Lake, and it can be me. Yeah. Right. Um, but you're, you're teasing a, a Poochery Lady of the Forest, and we, we never get there this issue. Well, no, they, it's hey, not going to be next issue either. They, yeah. Hey, they could swerve us. They could swerve us, and it'll be a female yeah. swamp thing. Uh, 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 not as cool, think, but I'm going to accept it. If it wasn't it. being addressed specifically to Harley, Harley, that would be a reasonable argument. Yeah. I just want oh. Matt to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Matt's already disappointed. He, he, yeah. he didn't get to this issue. So. No. I yes. got to the end, I was like, this issue was really good. There's just no Lady of the Forest. The fact that he's going to have to wait till like, March to see it is, is uh-huh. disappointing enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get the Metal Men in this <laughs> world, <laughs> which are just, just a squad of people in different colors, really. <laughs> That's they're, really they're knights. Yeah. Um, it's a little I bit weird, say... but they're, t- they're talking about Magnus's lands, which I thought was cool. Like... You know, he's a ruler. It threw me off at first because I didn't, I didn't clock they were supposed to be the metal men on the, you know, uh, oh. uh, immediately. Yeah, no, because yeah, because they said lead and I read it as, as lead. Yes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was Wait, like oh, lead, check it out. Like, I was like, aren't you bleeding? But sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, and then the next page it was like metal men. I was like, oh, lead. Should maybe should have picked Mercury or something that couldn't be confused as another another word. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Kara's there. And well, b- brutally murders the gold. Did Zara, not sorry. like Zala. Stand yeah. it. Did not stand a chance. Yes. She just snaps that sword. Yeah, she, she, she's just done a war pass. Punches seemingly kind of right through him. There's an interesting effect here in the art, actually, because she uses her heat vision to like blast a couple of them. Yeah, and I noticed that there's kind of like a an after trail of where she's moved the heat vision, and it's almost like a, a ribbon. And yeah. that's how it's presented in the art. I thought it was an interesting touch. 
Um, but yeah, the page gets more red and red as she's like just stabbing just blood and blood everywhere. Yeah, or punching people. Like they're trying to hit her in the face with an axe, but I mean, it's doing nothing. There's, there's a, they shoot an arrow and it hits just the back of her head. It just snaps. Like, yeah. You just yeah. see it break. Yeah, there, there's no interest there. And it's one of, the, one of these things because as the issue goes on and we get this, uh, the Diana stuff where she's offended at the idea that they're accusing Zala mm-hmm. of, of being this murderer. And so she would never do that. It did make me wonder is there going to be a swerve here where it's not really Zala that's doing it and it's like some imposter? Maybe, but. Uh, I definitely get that there's a tenuous relationship between the Kingdom of Storms and and the Elves. That's some, yeah. some history. I'm, I'm so not, I'm, I'm just because that that's been sort of kind of swerved us before because we, we were talking about the Green One kind of thing. You know, they kind of like went back and forth on that. It's possible. I, w- I would assume at this point that that it is just her being because acting out of rage. Yeah, because we know that she's, you know, Clark's younger sister. And so I was just getting from Game of Thrones, I was getting Bolton vibes. Like she's just unhinged because she's never had to pay a consequence for anything because she's royalty. Maybe. I don't think she was unhinged. I think she's just grieving and lashing out. No, Um, there's that. But the way that she does things here, like she takes out all the metal men. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's not just that she killed one person in Jefferson's family. Yeah. She, she then went and killed an entire squad of knights for someone else's ruling. And then she's, right. she's and you know, as we see in a bit later, she shows up and just annihilates Jefferson's ship and kills Jefferson. Yeah. Like, you know, Which, she, that I would understand the grieving part, Connor, but like, yeah. it's the metalman scene that made me give, again, Ramsey Bolton or, or pre, you know, um, Jamie Lannister. Before he gets redeemed, stop you know, referencing Game of Thrones. I don't understand though. It's, it's, it's like God it's not nice, is it, Pete? It's not nice. <laughs> um, but Pete, hey, Game of Thrones, all you want. He really did, you know, these tropes very well. Like these are fantasy and tropes. It's a cultural touchstone that makes it very easy to convey this information. To it's the a audience. cultural touchstone that everyone hated by the end. <laughs> that doesn't. That I think they hated mean... the ending. It doesn't mean they so hated wait, it at all. So people hated the end of The Sopranos too. Does that automatically make The Sopranos not a touchstone? Not everyone hates the end of The Sopranos. I've seen people be very vocally defendant of the end of The Sopranos. I've I've seen quite the opposite where they're like, oh, can't believe they did us that dirty. Look, um, I just I saw a lot of sentiments well, after it ended that yeah. a lot of people didn't want to watch it from the start again because yeah. okay, there was a point. Uh, after Lost then, tons of people didn't like the ending of Lost. Does that invalidate all of Lost? I like the end of the loss, though. I disagree with those people. I'm sorry I'm talking He's going to be intentionally obtuse. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> but no, these are these are fantasy tropes that George R. R. Martin, you know, used and subverted in a lot of cases. The whole whole point of Jamie Lannister, right, was he was the golden knight. He was the shining example, but he was a vicious, vicious, you know. Person. Yeah, he was an he absolute would, shithead. Right. He was, he's a, you know, um, and here that's what I feel with Zala, right? It's like, yeah, to her family, right? She's great. To Diana, she's fine. But you let her out where there's those eyes that, that, where they're not. And this is who she is, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't that much to go and kill the prince of the kingdom of storms or just, you know, take out Jefferson, you know, because uh, that's just who she is. She does the dirty stuff, so Cal doesn't have to. And that's, 
you know, that's a, another fantasy trope, right? Like, uh, they're they're prepping him to be ruler one day. She doesn't have that, you know. She has to pressure. do the, the dirty stuff. Yeah, so, which, which I like, because I also like that here, Taylor's subverting the Supergirl, you know, what we expect here, that granted this is well, not... Yeah, it is a question, though, because Killing the Metal Men is not doing the dirty stuff. Like, I get why Killing Jefferson and Killing Jefferson's family mm-hmm. members is doing the dirty stuff based on what happened. Right. The Metal Men is a bit more like, no, she, it's almost like she's making a, a larger, like, pusher point for something. Like... You know, well, we're, they're they're responding to where the um meteor they're going landed, for the, right? yeah they're going for the the shooting star so I think it's right. more just her mm. stopping them getting yeah. to that yeah okay all right okay yeah because yeah. uh, because obviously we see later on when Batman gets there that it's uh, kryptonite right uh, and it um, does hurt him because he is you know he's part kryptonian yep so he and, he does um, feel pain and with the way that it says you know oh you know next the secret origin and. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's even more to that story, you know, than, than very possibly. we're aware yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, um, the other big thing, though, before the, the, the attack on the ship is that mm-hmm. uh, Jefferson and Hippolyta have this debate about what should be done. And ultimately, Diana storms off because she doesn't like that her girlfriend's been accused of whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, ultimately, Hippolyta does say, no, nope, we'll stand by you because we've had this yeah. alliance for eons and generations and mm-hmm. we're not going to ruin it now. So if you go to war with the elves, we're on your side, basically. So, um, and I like the con- the conversation Constantine and him have, Jefferson, where they're like, "He, I can't believe you you would do this. You incensed her." And Jefferson's like, "Or did I remove the one person who has a tie to the House of El in their court?" You know, and so it just shows that he had political gamesmanship. You know, Jefferson knows what he's doing. As here. he points out, you know, he's a king. You got to know how to play the game, right? And and very much that. And I I I feel like they want us that that Taylor and Putri want us to feel sympathy for the Kingdom of Storms. However, they're the ones that started, as far as we know, started all of this by assassinating Jorel. And so yeah. I want to know and still, what has happened and still that has led them. Prattling on about this prophecy that starts with a shooting star. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're all freaking out about it and think this is going to happen. Uh, was there even a joke earlier on where, you know, I think it's Clark says, oh, well, the planet we're from didn't have prophecies. And Harley's like, yeah, and that planet blew up. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should have had some prophecies. Maybe you should heed that prophecy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. I do, um, I do question, though, who is Zalo? working for if assuming it is just her and she isn't like you know possessed or anything right you we say oh you know she's doing the dirty work it doesn't seem to be for the house of elder no because well, it's, no. It's work, she, she is deciding needs to be done on her own i, I don't think she's been right. given orders by someone higher up i would dis- i would agree with that except for the metal men thing where because the metal men it was to stop them getting to the, the meteorite right right that's that so, was the clear objective of that but chaos. the meteorite's gone and she didn't take it no no Chaos um, is a ladder, right? I mean, she could have flown so, it somewhere. How? Well, maybe not. She's, she yeah. couldn't, specifically yeah. her. Okay. Uh, well, what about the Green Man? What if the Green Man's playing a third side here? And whoever the Green Man is could have undue influence on Zella. I mean, they, I mean, they, could, they could definitely move the kryptonite uh, with mm-hmm. the ring. Um, if, if she is getting orders from someone, if she's been taken over by someone or influenced by someone in a way that's either natural or unnatural, mm-hmm. I would start to bring in like third parties we've not met yet in this story. Right. I, I would start to suggest 
what other big thing can Tom Taylor take from the DCU? I'd be thinking something like, who would know that this is landing? Like a Brainiac, who's an orbit would know, right, right. Uh, or maybe not Starro, but like so- someone who could uh, like someone. connect to her mentally. Yeah, maybe a, like a, a Doctor Fate. Yeah, I saw it come in, right? But also, you know, magic to control. Right. Yeah, there's a lot. But I mean, I, I, there's definitely going to be more DC characters that have not been introduced yet that are going to be, you know, like prominent at some point. Like he's going to keep pulling in new characters because it's fun to do. That's the whole yeah, point. Yeah, we, we haven't seen a Flash yet, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you got to think that he's going to have a fantasy version of the Flash somehow. Um, I would suspect. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Putri's are here is pretty great. Maybe some of the best mm-hmm. it's been in in the book so far. Uh, yeah. I particularly like the panel where Jefferson takes a step on uh, Themyscira and immediately the swords come up for his neck, and just mm-hmm. that that moment I think is really well, nicely detailed in his reaction and like, oh, apologies, <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no foot, no foot allowed. Um. And just, you know, those, those other nice beats. I, I think pretty much everything with Supergirl looks great. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. really nice stuff. Uh, action's really nice. The colors, nice palette. It kind of pops when it needs to. You know, simple things like Jefferson's ship having the kind of the lightning, the black lightning kind of design on all the flags. I mean, it's an obvious thing to do, but it just it does give it a bit of a, a vibe. You kind of recognize it, despite the fact that Traditionally, Black Lightning does not have a pirate ship, but uh, right, yeah, maybe he should. Maybe, maybe he should. Uh, but I mean, that first panel where they just see her, her floating in the distance, and it's so like, good. oh, you're screwed. <laughs> like you're screwed because yeah. she's there. You can't do it. Uh, you can play with the look up in the sky. Yeah. Usually, that's a, a thing of hope, not of doom. Yeah, getting a bit of that uh, that bright burn energy going here. <laughs> this scene. Oh, for sure. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, Homelander's back in June, everyone, just in case everyone's excited about the oh. boy season three. It's What's Cody great. doing? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, but yes. So, no, that's Dark Knight's Steel issue three. Matt, what are you giving it? I'm giving this an 8.5. Connor? Yeah, 8.5 for me as well. I'll go 7.5. I think my inherent... Not so boring. My inherent relationship with fantasy and the fantasy genre here's, it just makes me like it a bit less. With the with the falling star, right? They sent Bruce from the House of L, but Kara got there first. That's why I say I think she's working for someone else because yeah, or someone Bala. else already took this, and why would it be someone from the House of L? It if, seems if like Bruce the kryptonite was that was left behind. Is just a remnant of what was there. It's just something that broke off. Yeah, it's a little yeah. piece that they missed. So Pete did bring up Brainiac. That's the only other Kryptonian thing. Well, yeah, because I, I, I could think of. I wouldn't think it was just a lump of Kryptonite. I would think the Kryptonite was like stuck on something. It was, right, right, you know, a piece of a ship or something. You know, right, right. Which, yeah. Um. So I was going back over again. Maybe, maybe this would be actual super. Maybe this is actually Kara Zor <laughs> who's right. landed, and we'll have both. Right. <laughs> It could be interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. Just, just, uh, just throw it out of there. Uh, all right, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice League Incarnate issue three. Joshua Ellison writing with like four or five artists. Uh, a yeah. lot of them again handled, handled very well though. Because I mean, it's it, it, up. yeah, because it's different universes. That mm-hmm. there is kind of like a narrative reason mm-hmm. for it to be changing. 
Uh, and this one gets pretty meta, uh, as we'll get into it. Uh, exceptionally meta, actually. So I, This is really feeling like a sequel to Multiversity at this point. Well, we'll, we'll go through it, because I feel like I'm just going to get confused if I try and jump around. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it starts off with, because uh, obviously they all get split up into different multiverses, or sorry, different universes uh, in the last issue. So Captain Carrot wakes up, and he's with a bunch of characters, um, and there's like a swamp thing called Spore, there's a Fletch, there's a, a Vague, who's kind of yeah. the Wonder Woman. Uh, notably, Calamity. Yeah, Cal, so, so, so Cal Amity as their uh-huh. Superman. Uh, that gave me a chuckle. Uh, so that sets up where he is. Uh, it sets up that Calabac and Grail are, you know, worried about, you know, if Orion survived the fall. Even they're sick of the Batwoman who laughs, mm-hmm. who's like sort of around. Um, it, it sets up nicely as well that Dino Cop comes from the Earth that uh, Captain Carrot ended up in because they kind of referenced them. So. so that was a nice touch. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I'm kind of rushing through this though because I feel like the, the more interesting stuff is is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So you see where Avery is. She's on the pirate Earth Air 31. Yep. And it kind of sets up at the end of this where she's on the plank and then the Amazons come in from their invisible blimp. I love it. <laughs> and the, the Troy of Donna, or Donna of Troy, whatever they're yeah. <laughs> calling her. Donna of Troy. Uh, she, she helps Avery get untied and Avery's like, okay, I'm going to go deal with all these pirates. And then they reference that... Uh, He's just like your uh, Titans member uh, teammate, Wally Waterwalk. Uh-huh. So this is Waterworld. Jokes aren't much better either. Yeah. So, but they, basically, they get the treasure chest that the pirates had, and inside yeah. it is Justice League Incarnate issue one. <laughs> and <laughs> Infinite Frontier six. Yeah, I think there's a couple of those in the background, but yeah, the main yeah. thing is yeah. and, uh, Justice League Incarnate issue one, and then it cuts to Earth thirty three, which is where. Uh, Calvin and Superman, Doctor Multiverse, and Doctor Multiverse are, and they're in a comic book shop, and he picks up a handful of comics, and you see New Superman issue whatever, and you see the Flashpoint tie-in for the the, the Batman, you know, this Flashpoint Batman stuff. Uh-huh. Um, well, like about the detail here is that the bat, and I remember this from this comic, the mm-hmm. banner at the top advertising the Green Lantern movie is on the cover. <laughs> yeah, they kept it in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so they're in a, a universe and they're not claiming it's our universe they're saying it's a universe that is surrounded by was it fictive membrane yeah where... it, it, yeah this is so i looked this up this is meant to be that earth this is where superboy prime comes from sure now that makes sense so during during the the dark multiverse stuff this is that earth that he went to so, um so this this yeah. sets up that they're in a world where stories from the others come through but only as fiction but also that stuff here can influence the others by being written as fiction and they decide that the way they're going to deal with everything is to write a comic book to influence and sort of basically send out a message to the others as to where they are mm-hmm. it, so it says day one at the start and then it cuts to day seven and apparently time moves differently so they can be here for a long yeah. time and it doesn't really affect anything that's fine right there is a reference to superman 3 in this story, where Dr. Midnight says to Calvin, where are we getting this money for this apartment anyway? And they've got like a Brainiac thing working for them. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, he got the idea from a Superman movie made here, something about rounding errors. And I popped. I popped for this. <laughs> I could hear you as I read this. <laughs> and, and now we know that the events of Superman 3 are canon within the DC universe. Yes. Yes. They happened. 
so they actually try living together as a couple for a bit, but it's not going very well, they fight. Um, but what, what really sort of set off my alarm bells, though, is that he ran into, Calvin runs into the editor of DC Comics. And an editor. An yeah. editor. Well, it's like I said, editor-in-chief. Like, they, they say, whatever. Is that what they say? I thought he said he's an editor at DC Comics. Yeah. Okay, this he's an editor. Saxman. Now, this is, the, this, this is genius, like, character design. When, when it reveals later, this is actually Darkseid in disguise. And you look at him, and you look at the way he's got this, like, beard, and the way he's receding the hairline. This is like, wait, his facial hair and hair make the shape of Darkseid's helmet. This is amazing. Yeah. Well, not just that, too. His name, Ulrich Saxman, is Darkseid's, you know, new Earth, or new God's name before he was mm. Darkseid. He was Uxus, U-X-A-S. And so, just when I saw that name, I was like, huh, that's not an actual editor, yeah. as I looked, right? Uh, of course you did. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, that's Darkseid. Uh, nah. So, like, this is the thing, and you see Flashpoint Batman, who's in the cartoon, like, the animal universe, and... It, <laughs> he effing hates magic. Yeah. And I can just think of Pete. That's all I can think of. <laughs> so, but you know, eventually they come up with this story, and they go to the editor, and he's like, I think for this story, Darkseid has to win. And they're like, what? No way. What are you talking about? He's like, no, this sells issues. He has to win first. And, you know, Avery shows up during all this. And when Avery reveals where things are, where the crack in the multiverse is specifically, that's what everyone's looking for. Because uh, that, that's back where Captain Carrot is. Um, the editor st- stands up and starts to transform and says, finally, I know. And turns into Darkseid. And they all kind of reach for... Uh, Avery at the same time, and they end up on the planet or in the multiverse uh, where uh, where this big fight's happening with where, where Captain yeah. Carrot is on Earth, uh, whatever number. Oh, you know, Forty-one. Forty-one. There you go. Uh, I yeah. remember that original uh, original Image Comics. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, the big monster here is trying to get the crack in time. He actually has it in his hand, one of mm-hmm. his many hands. He's got like six hands, and. And through a portal come like all these characters. You get Dark Side properly in full Dark Side mode. There are, are other characters here. Avery's got Flashpoint Batman with them, and they're all coming in, and they're going for this crack. And again, there was a line here that made me laugh about um, we need to get that crack off this earth. That, I mean, are, are we still talking about Dark Side's crack? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Dark Side wants his crack. This is this is very important. Uh, so Dark Side ends up fighting this big monster, and they're they're going back and forth and. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the rest of it, but basically, Doctor Midnight. Sorry, not Doctor Midnight. Sorry, but slip. Doctor Multiverse. Uh, yep. basically comes to the point where she says, "Dark Side has to win." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Wait, what? Are we 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 talking about? What, what, what are you talking about?" Um, and it kind of it sort of basically implies that there's going to be something much worse if Dark Side doesn't win. Um, and there's some teases here towards the end of like, uh. What we'll remember is that it's the it's the Thunderer dude who his planet that he came from doesn't exist anymore, right? Like it's all yep. gone. So he yep. made a new home in the, the the House of Heroes, and I'm gonna kill that cat. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought something happened on my end, and I was like, "Well, you don't, I'm not gonna talk." I, I wasn't paying any attention. Really went quiet. I looked back, and Pete was like looking around. I was like, "What, yeah. what did I miss?" I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill the cat. Uh, but yes. So ba- basically, um, at the end here, we're kind of blindsided because it introduces this big villain that's coming, 
from from that Earth. Basically, this entire planet has become the the thing, right? This is going to be the the, the structure of the multiverse, the, or whatever. The Oblivion Machine. Yeah. Um. I, like I was enjoying this issue quite a bit for all its meta shenanigans and stuff. Mm-hmm. This whole big threat at the end, they introduced, I felt it came out of nowhere to me, and I was just like, "What is this? What's going on? What is any well, of this?" Well, so he, so the Thunder brings up that his Earth was was sacrificed. That's why he went to the House of Heroes. So what Darkseid needs that Oblivion engine is the entirety of Earth Seven. It's that universe. Uh, so I'm sure that's why the House of Heroes was there. That's why. Darkseid's forces it's converged there. So the great darkness is still coming, you know, uh, and it's, I, I would feel like it's gateway is our seven. And that that's what that is. That's why I didn't feel it came out of nowhere. You know, it just, um, it felt relatively out of nowhere to me. Cause it was just kind of all this big stuff at the end. And I'm like, I don't feel like I've got enough context for who this big guy yeah. is. And anything. I was just like, Oh, you've kind of like thrown me for a loop here at the end mm-hmm. when I was otherwise enjoying the issue up till this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very um, Lovecraftian kind of with the with the creatures and him coming up through the ground and whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, I I enjoyed this issue for everything that it was. Like again, it felt like a sequel to Multiversity, um, just with. Whereas you can tell, Morrison definitely has ideas about string theory at play in Multiversity. Williamson's just like, no, aren't comics great? You know? <laughs> so it's playing on a different level of multiversity, but it's playing within that, those dynamics that I like a whole lot. And again, this is much more my, more so than, I, as much as I loved multiversity, the whole meta comic here was much more palatable in this sense, as they're, you know, trying to write a comic to get through, through their friends than the comic being self-aware and whatnot. Like, you know, it's a, Whole different bag of tricks. Yeah, the so, the, but... the main story with with Calvin and Doctor Multiverse, I really enjoyed that, and I enjoyed some of the other snippets here or there. <laughs> but I, I I could have done with a few less of them. Like I don't know if I needed to have like say the stuff with the ones who were like you know maybe like with Calback and Grail and the others who were on that planet. Yeah, uh, you know Aquaman and stuff. Like I could have almost done without that plot this issue and just sort of let the rest of it kind of breathe a little bit. Maybe. So, maybe so a bit overstuffed is maybe my yeah definitely complaint. I I, I agree there uh, although I do love Doctor Batman mm. stuck on the the Captain Carrot world just because it's so counter you know he's he's like the darkest version of Batman that we have that's a good guy still and he's stuck on the cartoon uh, planet I just thought that was hilarious and this his introduction of I effing hate magic. As he punches out feline post, that was a whole lot of fun, and I, I do like the art changes here. I, I do feel like they're, although Williamson's kind of always done that when he's had artists, you know, multiple artists, even on his Flash run, he's been able to manage the tone throughout very well. So, um, but yeah, no, I think I definitely like this more than Pete. Yeah, you definitely did. I, I like. I mean, I enjoyed large parts of it i kind of appreciated the the ballsiness of some of it um but it definitely feels a bit messy overall like so you know I, I, i'm still happy to read it and i'm still you know we'll check out the next issue but um i'm definitely not as enthusiastic overall i'd say but uh hey and they are a weird thing to judge because it's like there's so many artists and there's a reason for the changes but it's still 
ultimately it feels really all over the place and adds to the the overstuffedness of the whole thing. Mm. Um, so it's hard to judge that on that that that's on merits. But anyway, what are you giving him, Matt? Um, I'm giving this an eight. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to just slide to about seven for me on this one. So some faults, but I, I did I did enjoy enough of it that I'm still happy to be reading it. So. There you go. That's uh, Justice League Incarnate issue three. Arkham City Order of the World issue four. Dan Waters uh, rating with Danny on art. Uh, so basically, Doctor Joy thinks she's going crazy because the figure, the ghost, if you will, at the end of the last issue, she sees two. She believes it may actually be Amadeus Arkham. <laughs> she's like, "God damn it! Does that mean I'm crazy?" Is basically her. And, her and word. the answer is maybe. The answer is maybe, but by the end of the issue, we find out that it's, the ghost isn't real. Someone's pretending to be the ghost. Mm. So but why we, we have and a whole who? conspiracy of sorts? Uh, yeah. So Ted Eyed Man loses a hand, <laughs> so he's only the Five Eyed Man now. I mean, the hand's still there; it's just burnt, right? I mean, are those eyes going to heal? Is he going to be able to see through them again? I, I suspect not, but he hasn't lost a hand. He's lost the eyes. Well, he gets sliced down the middle of the hand. Yeah. You know, it's pretty gnarly. Asriel's not pulling punches. Uh, but he gives uh, Dr. Joy this, the skull, which will contain all the madness of Gotham in it, apparently. Uh, and she runs off with it. And she's very conflicted. There's a lot more stuff in this issue with uh, Dr. Phosphorus, uh, the neighbours that are getting sick because he's there. And Nocturna is sort of living with them. They're kind of like a weird... It's, it's always like a weird, horrific like sitcom about a couple who are living next to some neighbours. Yeah, and Phosphorus thinks he's cured because <laughs> when he was in Arkham, they had like medication that mm -hmm. they could give him so he didn't poison everyone. Obviously, he's been off that, so he's back to being toxic radiation. But he, because he's mentally ill, doesn't quite realise that. So when it's pointed out to him that the couple next door are, like, basically dead because of him, he's like, no, no, no that's not right. I'm, I'm cured. Can't be me. No, coincidence. Yeah, and they, they try to be nice and, like, talk to the neighbours, and the neighbours like, call an ambulance, we're dying. <laughs> also, we can't find her dog because the Nocturna, who believes she's a oh. vampire, And may be a dog. vampire. Sorry? That, and she may be a vampire. There's there's possibility, again, it's she like, may be. is she or not? Uh, but we don't know. But... I laughed so hard at that because the you know the, the woman's on the floor like dying. She's like, I think I think she ate our dog, and she goes, well, "People eat animals, don't they? That's normal, normal <laughs> oh, enough." Oh no, yeah. And then we got the detective at the hospital as well, who's dealing with the you know his ex and his kid is there, and the kid actually sees because they've got a lot of these patients from Arkham. They've sort of rounded up and they're at the hospital right now, so the kid gets kind of freaked out when he sees one of them. Um, we go back to. This, the the apartment stuff and this is where Doctor Joy like sort of finds them because she because you know like we found out in previous issues Arkham kind of mirrors the layout of Arkham, uh or sorry Gotham mirrors Gotham, the yeah. Gotham mirrors yeah. the layout of Arkham so she was able to sort of pinpoint where they'd be and comes to speak to them and they have this just casual chat and talks to them about what's going on and uh sort of goes into some of their backstories a little bit with them um and when she pulls out the skull which Nocturnal licks I mean I mean add uh, basically, they go, ah, oh, don't listen to Ten-Eyed Man, he's, he's, he's just a bit crazy, like, th this skull's at most ten years old, it's not the original mad person from Gotham. She's like, but he, he knew what was going on, he's got a whole map, he had a ritual. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, no, he sees things, of course he does, that's what the eyes are for. 
But yeah, all his rituals, yeah, everything else is just bullshit. He's, he's, he's a nut job, essentially. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, he's at the hospital, so the detective, you know, any scrubs goes to talk to him <laughs> uh, and sees if he can find out anything. And Ten Eye Mind just casually reveals that he was staying at Dr. Joy's apartment and that she was protecting him. So that shit's hitting the fan. Next uh, yeah, issue. Yeah, uh, the detective's like, oh, was she now? <laughs> so. Yeah, so they find the couple next door. Doctor Joy's like phoning for an ambulance because they're basically dead. The the, the line there, like they mentioned at one point that the last tooth's fallen out and the, the hair's all gone and like this is very quick radiation poison as well. So they're getting a continued heavy dose. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm surprised that Doctor Joy at the end of the comic didn't start like pulling out hair or something just to show yeah. that she's been affected by it. Uh, but the end of the issue is that this this apparition that is Amadeus Arkham. Uh, starts speaking with a different like type of uh, you know speech bubble. It turns blue uh, with white text, and this like the the ghostly kind of like surroundings like disappears. And whoever this is, this person whose face is still kind of obscured, this woman, uh, she's working for none other than Professor Pig, and it looks like she has a giant hole in her head in that last panel mm-hmm. where we see Pig through. Yes, I remember a Batman villain. Was a hole like that. Is that so from Tomasi's run. Okay. I don't remember her name, though. Or well, their name. Professor Pig was heavily featured back then, because that, that was right around the time of uh, right. uh, the, the Morrison stuff, so that, that, that tracks. Mm. Um, yeah, so basically, yeah, they're rounding up these Arkham inmates for Professor Pig to make his art with, which, I, you know, I, I think it's a fun... Professor Pig's a cool villain to reveal, and I think putting Pig in a book that's inherently creepy... To make him scary again is kind of a nice touch and for me. Pig's off on one here. He's not speaking in you know yeah. English. He's just squealing. Yes. And hole in the head woman is just answering as if she understands exactly what he's saying. Yeah. So is she manipulating him and controlling him? Uh, but speaking as if she's doing this at his behest, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the vibe you kind of get from it. But they could go multiple ways with it because ultimately these are all crazy people. So they can kind of like do what they want in terms of like swerves and surprises. Um, They're all very unpredictable, aren't they? Yeah. But it, it, was, a, it was a nice ending. Like, I, I always dig when a twist turns out to be Professor Pig. I'm always down for a pig reveal. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I can't argue with that. It's always it's always fun. Yeah. So, so the person with the hole in the head was known as the absence. But this doesn't okay. seem like that character. Yeah, this is like a, this is like a, this is like a woman with a short haircut who's kind of like proper. Yeah. So, so I don't I don't know oh, someone no, that has ties to Gotham for this sure. This is a significantly bigger hole than that because that's yeah. a hole through the forehead. This is the yeah, entire you, face. This is the, yeah, this the abs- is the, yeah, this is the entire yeah. face is gone. Um, man, wasn't I ready for for that ending? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's a whole thing. Yeah, this is like so you could put your hand through her face, so you could. Like... Yeah, you you put your face through her face. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, but it's, I mean, it's just still a creepy book, and it's uh, yeah, I think the developments are are kind of fun, and like it, it's playing with just just a bunch of characters that otherwise don't get talked about much. So, and and the fact that this is all mainline continuity. Is wild, mm-hmm. yeah. Which probably means that the ending is not going to affect too much, other than maybe something no. that someone wants the outcome uh, to be. Sure, but more just that 
this is the sort of weird thing that I would normally expect to see in like some random outer continuity mini. Mm-hmm. But this is just straight up. No, this is in continuity. All this stuff is happening in Gotham around the same time as you know whatever's going on in Detective. I assume, give or take. Yeah. So, which may explain why Batman's not showing up and dealing with anything, and why the others are all busy and so yeah. on. Mm-hmm. So that uh, makes some sense. Uh, so all right, what are you, what are you giving it, Connor? Oh, you sound with me. Oh. Well, well, Matt didn't read it, did he? Oh, yeah, right. no. oh okay, fair enough. Matt was talking at the end there, what he had. Well, I, I was thumbing through it because I still have it. I didn't have time to read it. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Right, yeah. I, I thought maybe he had by the end there. Oh. Uh, it's like an eight point five. I think the story's good. It's elevated by the the art that just gives it, you know, just a unique tone. Still, even yeah. You know, or issues in, I'm still enthralled by that. A lot of creepy vibes from the art for sure. I'll go with a straight eight, I think, for me, but it's uh it's it's, it's been an interesting read every single time. Um it's never been at the top of the priority list, but it's always I've always been happy to get like a different type of comic at the end of my, my batch. So Yeah. Uh, it's cool. Uh alright, there you go. Uh, so that's the last new comic uh for the week. I have a Patreon book though. Every month on patreon.com slash TV. Uh, you can go to one of the higher tiers and make myself a corner reader book. So I'm doing Animal Man, issue 15. And this is an issue uh, speaking out against awful people who uh, kill dolphins. <laughs> so uh, obviously it fits into the themes of uh, Animal Man in general. Uh, Dolphin herself, the character, does a cameo in this, uh, which is cool. So they're at an island, which I think may be fictional. Uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Uh, but I got the impression this was like up and around Scandinavia, uh, sort of lo- locales. Is it, is it Svalbard Island? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, so uh, we actually st- there's like an interlude uh, that starts and pops up a few times in the issue and then ends with where we actually get the narration of of a dolphin that is like looking for its uh, family that it's become separated from. Oh no! Uh, so, so so it's very very like Grant Morrison in that sense. Uh, but st- the story revolves around this guy who is this American guy who comes to a place like this because he wants to stop what the locals do every year, which is when the dolphins are migrating this time of year, they go out and like try and like redirect a lot of them to the shore of this island so they can go out and stab them. And it's like a yearly ritual where they have the kids playing with baby dolphins that they've killed and... um. You know, it's this, this this big traditional thing they do, and this guy wants to stop, and he's he's basically put a request out for Animal Man to come and help. So we get an introduction to him, and he gets into a bit of a bar fight with the the locals who don't like it. Animal Man comes in and does like a Hulk clap. Although we find out afterwards, because because the guy says the next day he's like, "Hey, what was that clap thing you did? Like, wh- wh- what animal was that from?" And he's like, "It's from Pistol Shrimp." <laughs> they, yeah, Pistol they- Shrimp. They can make sonic blasts by banging their uh, claws together, which is the most insane thing I've ever heard, but cool. No, that's true. They have, because of their biology uh, and the pressures they're under, their their force that they produce with their pinchers uh, create small sonic booms. So That's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. I mean, short answer is, nature be wild. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it took humans a long time to create a sonic boom. Do you, do you guys yeah. know what the first thing that we invented was? Uh, was I say a whip. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't like you know, it, it's it's. I mean, by today's standards, it's relatively old, obviously, but right. Still, it's not like that old. Uh, whereas, you know, it's hey, breaking the sound here. Yeah, you 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 got animals just 
knocking around going, hey, screw you, look at this. Bang. <laughs> well, and it's also not just, you know, it's because they are underwater at such pressure that it yeah. does that as well. But, yeah, don't, don't, you know, I still wouldn't want to get pinched by one, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then again, though, like a proper sonic boom, like you think of like a jet or something yeah. that properly, yeah. like... Shaking windows. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. That's know, just a bigger sonic boom. Just a I, I, I know, but as, as much as you can say, oh, technically the sound of the whip, the, the whip makes is a, a little sonic boom. Like, oh, that's cool, mm. but like, it's not wowing me. I'm, I'm not wowed by that hey, sonic boom. Get a big enough whip, and you might be. <laughs> but true. It's all about scale. So, yeah. So they're here to stop this, and they're on a boat. They explains what these these locals do every year. And it ties into as well to to whaling and how whales eat plankton and plankton produces a lot of oxygen. So if there's actually too much of it, it can imbalance the earth and like, you know, so it's getting into some climate change stuff. It's, t- it's talking about, well, what's interesting though is this is kind of the opposite of what I, t- I tend to associate with hearing when it comes to climate change. I tend to hear more that there's too much carbon dioxide uh, and this is kind of there's too much oxygen being created by this particular mm-hmm. problem. But it's kind of interesting just to hear like, you know, some other avenues well, just with displacement as well right? yeah yeah basically heats up the planet too much uh yeah. so um so it's interesting because even though oxygen is obviously what we need that doesn't mean we want too right. much of it well, but, but again everything's about a balance right yeah like it's yeah yeah so a dolphin shows up um to help and they're like okay yep i'll man those dolphin they've, they've crossed paths before and they basically do their best to try and keep the dolphins from like getting near the ships that they're going to lure them into the mainland. They're going to drive them to the mainland. And um, basically, these guys, these locals freak out, and their plan to make the dolphins still go towards the mainland is that they won't leave an injured dolphin behind. So they're like, no, hey, that female, stab it quickly. So they throw a spear, and you know, it's, it's probably a dark issue, because you see the spear go through this dolphin, and... One of the, the one of the best moments of the whole issue is this dolphin's like going down in the water with blood flowing from it, and there's just this angry panel of like Buddy just being like, "All right, it's on now, you sons of bitches." And um, sure enough, like he goes up and like rocks the boat and all the rest of it. But a lot of these dolphins are still going towards um the shore. Uh, the dolphin, whose narration we've been hearing like while he's been swimming occasionally, like sees the dead dolphin and goes, "Oh no." no, no, no. And like, he's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, he got separated from the from the school of Dolphin, and now he's, like, his, his wife, for lack of a better term, is is down. Uh, so, yeah, we get this horrific scene where, like, yeah, they run into the water at the, the, the beach, and they start trying to stab dolphins. But the the guy who's, like, here, the environmentalist, or the eco-terrorist, as they call him, uh, he's just at the top of the cliff with a machine gun, and he's like, no, nah, don't you dare. <laughs> like, this is not happening. Uh, but the main bad guy starts like, going to stab a dolphin, and he does. He actually stabs it once, and Buddy just grabs him and flies him off, and the guy's freaking out because he's scared of heights, and Buddy's like, give me one good reason not to drop you, and he's like, please, I'm scared of heights, and then he drops him and he says, a good reason, I said. <laughs> not just a reason, a good reason. Um, so it lets him drop out of the water, and it's actually kind of dark because he doesn't actually know if he's going to survive, he says that he left him to the fishies when he talks to the others. And the final, the the issue is that this this dolphin who we've seen, like, loses his, you know, his mate, comes up to him, stares him in the eye, and the narration basically is, you know, is getting up to revenge. He's like, no, he's going to die for what he's done. Like, 
um, you know, he'll never make it back alone. He will die here. He'll, and here in the world strained with our blood, he will die. Um, but then the next page, the final page of the issue, like the, the guy washes ashore and he gets up and he sort of looks back. And the dolphin's narration basically says, no, that's their way. That's the, the human's way. Because it's, it's, it's sort of like spelled with a hyphen. That's the human's way. Um, our way is different. So the end of the issue is that he's actually not killed him because he's better than this, this asshole who kills dolphins. So obviously the, the messaging in the issue is very clear. It's very on the nose. It's this it's characters directly dealing with, with the, the topic at hand. Um, I know Grant Morrison's always been, you know, vocal. Uh, I, th- I think Grant's vegetarian, if I remember right. Yeah, uh, definitely vegetarian, maybe vegan yeah. as well. I'm so, not sure about that, but definitely very heavily outspoken about things like uh, animal testing. Yeah, so, so mm-hmm. all this kind of fits into the sort of vibes that you'd get in a Grant Morrison comic. Yeah, and the only complaint I really have about it is not the issue itself. I think the issue itself is really well done. It's got some funny moments. It's got some really dark moments. It feels like a very passionate piece of work because it's clearly something Morrison cares about. I will say that the cliffhanger to the last issue was so good that the, the fact that it's kind of just like not even brought up is kind of weird. The end of the last issue, of course, was like there's like a mysterious figure outside and Buddy goes out to check it and it's like a figure in the rain that kind of looks like him and Buddy says something to the effect of, I, re- I recognize you from my childhood and then it fades away. Uh, and I'm like, you're leaving me high here, Grant. Come on, Grant. <laughs> while while I haven't read this, the the payoff to that is gonna be really mm-hmm. cool for you. So I don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, okay, I, okay. I, I have read this. It's been a yeah. while, uh, but make me want to do you know grab that Omni and and flick by through because ah, oh, it's so good. Connor, it is what I think it is, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm not actually sure what this is, so I'm looking forward to yeah, finding yeah. that. Um, real quick, so I pulled up this issue on yeah. on the wikia and uh, Dave or uh, Dane Dorrance who was leader of the Sea Devils, he had a team pre-crisis with Animal Man. Um, and I, I oh. want DC, if they're listening, <laughs> put this team back together for me, please. Because we got we got Animal Man, Cave Carson, Congo Bill, Dave Dorrance, Dolphin, Rick Flag, and Rip Hunter. <laughs> the, fir- the, the, the first... The they're first- called... <laughs> The Forgotten Heroes. The first arc of this story is going to be them doing a heist at SeaWorld to free all the creatures. Yeah. That's the modern version of this. So, yeah. Um, just give me that, that team, please. Um, bring the Forgotten Heroes back. I, I will remember them. They fought Vandal Savage. Come on. So, so, yeah. It's a proper Matt team. Give the people what they want, DC. It's a proper the people, Matt team. I mean Matt. <laughs> throw poison ivy in there if you have to you don't have to but i feel like these guys fit her vibe right now right she'll she'll join in on the eco-terrorism and you know, yeah activism yeah 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 activism not terrorism there's a difference connor there's not when it's ivy yeah well yes there is she's trying to save people mm-hmm. they just don't know yet i don't know if she's trying to save people they just try to save the earth okay yeah that's how you save the earth is by saving people Ivy's whole I thing don't is, think that tracks. Yeah, Ivy's whole thing is she cares, cares more about plants than she does people. That's, right. that's kind of been her thing for a long time. I'm just trying to stop her from, from teaming up with Ra's al Ghul because they'll just take out half the population. Right? Only half. Yeah, yeah, because Ra's doesn't want to take all of them out. Right? He needs people to rule. Yeah, I think, I mean, I mean to transfer this over to Marvel, I, I think Ivy would probably hear Thanos' plan and go, you know what, this is good, there's too much, too many people. The half, half sounds about right. <laughs> I feel like that driving home every day would traffic stops because someone's pulled over and it go Thanos. 
Right idea, wrong execution. What's the right execution to murdering half the population, Matt? I'm curious. Um, well, we, we, take out, we take out the people that are in my way. It's very <laughs> selfish. All right. The, the, the people that were killing the dolphins in, in Animal Man. Sure, okay. There you go. Them, we'll, we'll start with people like that. You know. Now, who exactly is deciding this me. list of people? Oh, oh, it's oh, me. Okay. Oh, That's the rule of the world. Me, me and you are screwed. <laughs> no, uh, maybe half a Pete. The Pete that... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you pick the half, Pete. Do you want to go horizontal or vertical? It sounds like I either get to keep half my penis or none of my penis, so... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a... <laughs> you can keep all of it if you choose to keep just your bottom half. Oh, true. But, like, what's, what's just having a bottom half, though? <laughs> like... I'm not saying I advise it. I'm just saying... That anyways, anyways uh, I'm glad Pete talked about this issue, because now I know about this team. Um, <laughs> you know... Yes, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a solid 7.5 7 issue, I'd say. Uh, so I, I, I'm a little annoyed it took away from where the story was, because I was interested in seeing more of that. But, I'll get there. But, you know, this was a fun standalone story. Had a nice message. Yeah, fun beats. So that didn't pull its punches either, which is also nice. So there you go. Uh, but that'll take us out the part of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and top five books. So Matt, what was your panel slash moment? Of the week. Uh, it's gonna be from Dark Knights of Metal, and mm -hmm. it's when uh, when Zala shows up at the boat, and they just go look up in the sky, and it's so, yeah, bad news for that boat. Sure, sure, sure. Hey, Connor, uh, from Arkham City, the uh, people eat animals, don't they? That it just made me laugh <laughs> so much. Yeah, um, I, I'm a little conflicted. Uh, there's a couple of moments in Detective that I kind of want to take, but honestly, that entire like out sequence at the end of Batman's hard to pass up um, you can't have that entire sequence that's like five pages well okay in that case i'll give you just a star of it then when the first goes out and he's going through his vision modes and he can't see anything that's fair but i mean you know we could take a scene generally speaking i mean if, if it's one of those comics where the entire comics one scene then it's maybe a bit of a it's stretch. five pages is not a panel of the week we, we already stretch it to all right you can have this page for this moment yes but... A five-page scene is a bit much. Okay, pa panel slash moment covers a page. Come on, it covers a page. It doesn't cover five. <laughs> All right, uh, cover of the week. I'll jump in quick. It's been my phone background since it was solicited, so the main cover uh -huh. of Detective is my cover. Easy peasy. How do you got Taylor Swift on your phone? <laughs> it's not Taylor Swift. How dare you? How do you know? Not Taylor Swift. Even if the artist comes out and says he traced Taylor Swift, I'll be like. Not Taylor. Bite me. Liar. <laughs> it could be a good singer like uh I don't know. Oh someone else. Someone who's not Taylor Swift. I'm not weighing in on this because someone's home and they can hear me. <laughs> um and I value my life very much. Taylor Swift is generic trash. Alright, uh well, which cover? <laughs> um I'm gonna go with the Dark Knights of Steel, um the the one in twenty five Poetry. Um it looks like a oh, medieval poster. Uh, yeah, character sheet with, with uh, Diana on there. Yeah, although the Middleton Clark one or Cal, super mm, cool gorgeous, too. Isn't it? But there's something about this the sheet <laughs> one. I just it's real cool. All right, uh, Carl, what you got? I do like all those all the ones that have been mentioned so far. 
So I'm going to mention two that haven't been mentioned. Both covers for Arkham City are just fantastic. The, the main cover with the just the hand is is great. But I am going to pick the variant because it's a Gen, a Gen Bartel variant, and we haven't had a Gen Bartel cover in a long time. And I was very excited to see it, and it's fantastic. And that's of, of uh, Arkham? Uh, it's Fos yeah, Phosphorus and uh, Nocturna. Oh, I did not see this, and I have to go look. Yeah, and it's like pink and green for the two of them, like purple and green, and it's, oh. Oh, yeah, so that's nice. Yeah. Hmm. All right, uh, so best art of the week. Uh, up next, uh, Connor can go first. Yeah, I think for me, there's only two really in contention. Batman obviously has some great art, but it's too mm -hmm. too mixed overall. Um, Detective's very good, but I don't think it's like standout for me. I think the two standouts are Dan Knight of Steel and Arkham City. Um, and I'm going to give it to Arkham City. Danny just killed it. All right, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go with Dark Knight of Steel. But I kind of like the chaos of Justice League Incarnate. But I really can't put it over Dark Knights of Steel. Yeah, I think if if all of Batman was the same as the the, the lights out section, mm -hmm. uh, I'd probably That's be, why it feels special. Yeah, I'd probably be handing that a, a an award on a silver platter. Mm -hmm. But I think as it is, I have to also go with Dark Knights of Steel. Uh, in terms of just the whole comic being consistent, uh, but good, uh, that's the one that takes it. Um, mm -hmm. So cool. All right, top five books of the week then, Matt. Go. Uh, number one, Dark Knights of Steel. Number two, Detective Comics. Number three, Just League Incarnate. Number four, Superman, Son of kal -El. And number five, Batman. All right, Connor? Dark Knights of Steel, Arkham City, Detective, Batman, Superman. All right. Uh, number one for me is Detective. Number two is well, yeah, probably Batman. And uh, number three is superman no yeah <laughs> no no. Arkham? no number three is arkham yeah number four is superman and number five is dark nice of steel there you go it's a terrible placement of dark nice of steel yeah. whatever uh look you know what too much fantasy talk right I dropped a point just hearing you two compare it to Game of Thrones, quite frankly. Do, do you know what we're going to have next week, though? What? Game of Thrones, but better. Too much Batman talk. Well... Do, do, do you want to... Before you read out the issues, do, do you want a, a fun fact? Sure. That next week... Not just the books we're reading, but everything DC is publishing next week is either directly featuring Batman or is Bat-family related. Every single book. Not a lot of books no. next week uh, that we'll be talking about. It's a very late week for us overall. Uh, so here's what's coming next week from DC Comics. Detective Comics 1048. The Joker issue 11. Robin and Batman issue 3. Batman Urban Legends issue 11. Batgirls issue 2. I Am Batman issue 5. Harley Quinn the Animated Series The Eat Bang King Tour issue 5. Future State Gotham issue 9. Titans United issue 5. Justice League vs. Legion of Superheroes issue 1. Ha! Batman's in that. Yeah, but he's not like it's. Not I said a bat featuring book. Batman. I said featuring yeah, 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 yeah. Batman. That one's a bit of a stretch. I don't know. What I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Uh, Pennyworth issue six and the Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries issue ten. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. 
Batman is literally on the damn cover of that book. That right, but he's there. not. It's not like Batman, the Justice League, and the Legion. It's just like he happens to be part of the Justice League. Right. I didn't. I didn't say it. Was <laughs> look at all, all of the books. other books I said though. Featuring Batman. Go to League of Comic Geeks and look at the um, first two rows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you have a point. And then you get on there, and and Batman's not that prominent on that Legion cover. My guy Superman is. in the book. He counts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, since I'm only reading three other books otherwise, I will probably be reading Urban Legends because it's all new stories that are starring in it. So and one of them Let's is see. a, a Ramby White Witch story. Yeah, so. there you go. So Let's uh, see. We have Oh, a Batman and Zatanna by yeah. Vita Ayala. Mm-hmm. We got Ace the Bat Hound by Mark Russell and Carl Mostert. And White Witch. I might have to read this too. Right? Yeah. Well it's a very late, to... it's a very late week otherwise, so I mean it's an easy week to give it a try. I'm just looking at that price and that hurts. But I know it's a lot of content, but yeah. I mean, you've only got three other books, but you've only got two other books, Matt. Yeah. So. Hey, what's Matt not reading? He's not reading uh, Robin and Batman, I don't think, is he? No, I am. Oh, okay. I just wasn't here last. I just wasn't here last time. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, that yeah, I'm not, I'm not picking up physically until it's collected because yeah. there's no point in room. But I am reading it. All right, we got um, we got three other books then, plus that. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, as I said and... at the start of the the episode, though, we'll do our results for the the the, the fan vote <clears throat> for best comics of twenty twenty one. So make sure you vote. Links in the are description. We, are we due solicits next week, or is it too early? For I was hoping we do get solicits next week, but we may not. There may be the following. I, I feel week. like it's the week after. Yeah, which is a shame. But hey ho. Uh, so make sure you put your votes in, everyone. Uh, link in the description again, um, or on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. But I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordnow, Christopher Moy, and David Brown. Uh, they are, are producers at one of the higher tiers. But you can support us for as little as well, a dollar per month, per month, if I say that right. Yeah. Um, you can also, of course, uh, support us for free by simply hitting the like button, subscribing, dinging the bell for notifications, and all that jazz on YouTube. It helps us out a lot, as does rating the podcast five stars with a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. All that does help. Share us out about all that kind of thing, but that about does it. That is the show. It was episode 287 in the can. But yes. Hope you, hopefully you enjoyed the tangents this week. <laughs> There'll probably be even more tangents next week, given that there's no books. Well, life will find a way. Uh... <laughs> sounds like you're threatening to make us read more books somehow. Don't. Uh, I'll Don't just... put that in the universe, Connor. Take that. <laughs> I can say no. I'll I'll just have some uh, some pretty bonus segments lined up in my back pocket. Stretch out like Comicsology top ten, make it last. <laughs> hey hey, that's all right. I watched a um, YouTube video on explaining cricket. I still don't get it, but we can talk about cricket. We can talk about cricket, man. No 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 no. I'm bad in cricket talk. Uh, I mean, it's it's like not even a top five sport for me. But you know, we can talk about I, cricket. I never want to hear people complain about baseball again. About it being confusing until you watch cricket. Baseball you know is confusing? confusing to me, but that's only because I know cricket. I don't right. know baseball. Right, but I there, there's people I know that are like, oh, baseball, it's boring and doesn't make no go, go watch cricket. There, there's not even bases. There's wickets. That's weird. Yeah, there's wickets and there's runs and you've got batsmen. Yeah. And there's overs and uh, yeah. Nah, I don't know cricket either. All those words just made no yeah. sense to me, so that's fine. It does have a cool bat. Like I, I do want a cricket bat, but that's just to swing at people. That's because like Casey Jones had one. That's, that's yeah. the reason why. You know what a crump it is. You know how to play cricket. <laughs> that's what he says. <laughs> I was like, I was like, they go back. Please, please tell me to pay full price. I kind of want crumpets now. Oh, dang, I'm sorry.
Every every Sunday I get a uh, ube white chocolate scone from from the coffee shop we go to. I'm gonna go oh. pick up crumpets tomorrow. Mm. How wait, how are crumpets different than scones? Oh, they're, they're very different. Not even remotely yeah. similar. Crumpets are very different. All right. Well, this is for offline, real quick. After we wrap up, let's wrap up so we can talk about sweets, real quick. So, scones are nice. Crumpets are shit. That's the that's the difference. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> a good a good look, you know, crumpet with the butter melted through all the holes. Is this maybe is some this jam in, on it? Oh, is this an England Scotland uh, divide? No, this is no. Okay. Well, I mean, crumpets are definitely more popular in England than they are Scotland. Like, I, I, I would do, I would say that. I would say maybe that's fair, but it's not like. Scottish people dislike crumpets. No, no, I mean, crumpets exist in Scotland. Like, they're, they're a thing, but and people like them. But people crumpets like... sounds like a, a pejorative for someone you don't like. So you get out here, you're crumpet. <laughs> people like scones more. All right, so I'll just we've thought out there. Scones are better. <laughs> all I right, might agree, but I really like scones. Oh well, there you go. See, crumpets are still fantastic. Yeah, uh, this is. <laughs> I'm sorry to sound like Tim. Tim, Tim we're dead screams after midnight the other night and Tim went on a rant about how much he hates bagels. Uh, right? Oh, crumpets over bagels. Right? And I like a bagel more than a crumpet, but... Crumpets over bagels but, every day of the week. But I, no, I agreed with him to a point. Like, I, I, I like bagels <laughs> as a form of sandwich. That's just fine. But I did agree with him that if you see one at a distance and you think it's a donut and then you find out it's a bagel, it is disappointing. Oh, that is miserable, yeah. Yeah, that's upsetting. Tim hating bagels is a peak Tim moment. <laughs> I think that reasoning as well makes it even more Tim. It, it, it went on a huge rant because, you know, he's not in the office much anymore because of the pandemic and right. stuff. But when he was, every so often someone would come with a box and say, hey, I got breakfast for everyone. And he'd get all excited and then it would open and it'd be nothing but bagels. He'd want breakfast donuts. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, donuts are better than bagels, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Donuts are better than... I'll give donuts better than crumpets as well. Oh, they're better, they're better than crumpets. Better, 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 better than scones. scones, I agree. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Crumpet looks like an English muffin. This kind is weird. Kind of. It's like a, it's like a half an English muffin. They like, have like a, a, a firm bottom, like on the yeah. other bottom. Like it's like almost borderline burnt, essentially. I'll be, um, I'll be honest, really I, have, I don't even really know what an English muffin is. It's not really something... I mean, what do we call it? Does it have a different name? A is it muffin? just a crumpet? Oh. It's not a muffin. <laughs> a muffin's a muffin. Depends where you are in the country, because where I am, we'd call it a, a, a bread bun. It's often referred to here as an oven bottom muffin. As in like a bread yeah. roll. All right, okay. I think well, I meant a crumpet. I don't think I meant a, like a, an English no, muffin. No. What are we talking about? No, but like a bread roll will sometimes be called an oven bottom muffin over here. I've never had that in my life. It's, it's it's what you call that is the most regional thing in this in this country. Like everyone has completely different names for it, and people will fight to the death on on what they think it should be. I, I personally, it's a batch. That's also stupid. It's a roll. Apparently, Scotland didn't get the memo that we have divisive wars over this. It's a roll. Maybe a bap or a bun if you really care to shake bap, things up. Bap is regional, depending. Yeah. I remember James talking about a buttered bap, and I go, I don't need to know about your night, your nighttime activities, James. And he goes, no, it's a sandwich. I was like, no, no, it's, call it a sandwich, but it's a buttered bap. Yeah. Oh, James. 
Sometimes you're too English to function. Wait, but hold on, I have a question. Is James putting anything in it other than butter, or is it just a bun with butter? I, I don't know, but it's he made it sound like it was... He also told me that a grilled cheese is not a cheese toasty when they are the same thing. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> you yeah, put this, it this, in... This is where you have to realize our grill is different to your grill. American grill is uh, heat underneath, right? It can be. Right? It's closer to what we would do with frying. Whereas us, That's grill is specifically... Right, but grill is specifically only heat from above. Wait, you guys have heat from above like a salamander? Like it's like it. That's so on cooking shows they call it a salamander because it's always hot, right? So you like it's like the reverse of a freezer, right? If you want something cold, you put it right. in there. No, this is this is like something of, that's always hot, but it's not a microwave. Think about the, the wired heating element of a toaster. Yeah. Yes. Put that above right. like so. above a tray, and that's what grilling is. So you'd put the, the cheese on the bread, put that underneath that heat and it would melt onto it. That's what a, a grilled cheese is here. I mean, it's, it sounds well, that's like That's not a either. toasty. Because you're not doing both sides of it. Then what's the point? You gotta have crunchy on both sides. It be, I mean, this is the thing. You're debating this, but basically they're both going to taste the exact goddamn same because it's melted right, cheese on toast. <laughs> right. And that's my point. <laughs> This, this is this is debating just like a, a a technicality is all this is. So according to this, uh, you can buy English muffins in England, but they're called toasting muffins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's if basically if you, it's just like yeah. a if you have a, a a breakfast muffin from McDonald's. Oh, okay. Those. All right. You also yeah. just call them McMuffins. I mean, that's what they're called at McDonald's. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was just being, just being generic. Yeah. I, I've actually never had one sense. because, you know, all those breakfast things all come with, like, egg and shit, and I hate eggs, so... Just have it with no egg. Or I could just not eat a McDonald's in the morning like a civilized you, person. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I almost just said get a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, but there's just a big and piece. We, we, and we dug biscuits over yeah. just You could just have a, you know, sausage and bacon with no egg. Yeah. I mean, the sausage biscuit comes with no no egg or cheese. You could get a again. We don't have the biscuit biscuits over here, Matt. But you could get a. You could I'm get not going my way. Flatbread. I'm not going my way before 11 a.m. or whatever time they stop serving breakfast. Oh, at least they're breakfast all day, my guy. At least they used to. <gasps> no, 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 no. That's never been a thing of it. And that's not really? always been, that's not always been a thing in the U.S. At least parts of it, because no. there's a big plot point in Big Daddy where Adam yeah. Sandler says he's not had breakfast at McDonald's in years because he's not been awake yeah. earlier. <laughs> So, Sonny from Big Daddy and Peter are basically the same people. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, weird Adam, tra- Adam Sandler tidbit from this week yeah. is that there was a study done about Gen Z, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently Adam Sandler, uh, based on the, the 10,000 people they surveyed, is the most popular celebrity of Generation Z. That cannot I, possibly be true. No, I, I believe it because they grew up with his stuff constantly on TV. Uh, and... Netflix, his Netflix deals. Think about it. Cannot Gen Z. possibly be true. I don't know. Uh, also, also on studies, uh, I don't know if anyone else ever reads. Like at the end of the year, Pornhub does this great thing where they put all these stats based on countries and states. I didn't see this year's. I didn't see this year's uh, one. It's hilarious. Like, like the most searched thing in each state is hilarious. Like some of the st- some of your states are weird. 
Yeah, welcome to welcome to the states. They're writing some really specific shit. <laughs> yeah, they, they they do it every year. It's always a music. I I, I didn't see this. Oh, jeez. Anyway, all right. There you go. I stand the show. There you go. Because <laughs> we can't from the multiverse. Believe it or not. Trumpets. Um, Allegedly. Yes. Um. If this were any other show, I'd cut out that last 10 minutes and put it up as a bonus bit on Patreon. I, I, this, for some reason with this show, I just usually let it slide. <laughs> Lack of standards. I think people like it, though. They, they like our, our jaunts into the other realm. Right? Mm, yeah. What are they for? They're not here to hear us talk about detective comics. No one cares about that. I think like four people do. The rest of them don't. Yeah, the, the rest of the they're here for the <laughs> nonsense that we just spout. M- mainly Matt spouts and we just kind of join in. Yes, yes. So I'm here. Yes. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> if you take anything from this episode, is that crumpets are shit. And... Do not take that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's about it. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Reminder, get it, go vote uh, for your best comics from DC in the year of our Lord, 2021. Uh, so... <laughs> no, it's not. Oh my God. I thought I fell through a time hole and you said go vote and I just got back to the election. I was like, no, not yet. I, I don't even know what the year of our Lord means. I just hear people say it and things. Well, I mean... It's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? Yeah. It has, it really. has to do with, with the, the calendar being changed, right? You know? Yeah, it's it's just to yeah. do with the... It, basically, we, we still fundamentally function on a Christian calendar. Oh, oh sorry. Mm. So so it's, it's just saying it's the year... It's, it's 2021 because it's 2021 after he was born. That's what, that's what yes. it's saying. Okay. Yes. I don't okay. think that's exactly how it's dated. I don't think but, Google goes off his birth, but, but well, it's, no. essentially it's a Christian well, calendar. I, 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 yeah. I've pointed at this plot hole before that, that <laughs> January 1st would be his birthday if we, if we actually started the calendar <laughs> for the day he was born. That was not a plot hole. There are, <laughs> There's a plot hole. There, but, but there are, there are I've, I've seen on history stuff explanations of that about changing. Oh, yeah. No, Joe, I watched over Christmas, but I watched Kurt Cameron's or Kurt. Kurt, Kurt, I'm sorry. Yeah, anyway, Kurt Cameron. His, yeah, Saving Christmas. That, do you know what that movie is? That movie is some ridiculous, like, mental Christian trying to retcon everything that we do at Christmas into somehow fitting into the Bible. It is, a, it is amazingly bad. <laughs> like, he tries to justify Christmas trees when they obviously come from pagan rituals. He tries yeah. to justify snow globes. He tries to justify uh, like the, the Santa and capitalism because it is Saint Nick and all. Like, oh, just. Uh, I mean, traditionally Santa, as we know him, does come from Saint Nick. But Santa, as we are familiar with him, is a Coca Cola. Yes. In, no, he's not. In department. No, yes. no, no, oh, he's God. not. That's actually a lot. That's a, an urban myth. The, the Santa that we know and think of yeah. predates the Coca Cola stuff. Which does oh, actually, Thomas Nass. Yeah. No, no, I, I know, but the the the. Thomas Nast's version of him is based off of Twas the Night Before Christmas poem, and they yes. went in, which then led the foundation to Coca-Cola. So yes, while you were correct, but the Santas we know, and at least at America thinks of, in that face, that is Coca-Cola Santa. Still predates it, even yes. like in illustrations, predates the Coca-Cola stuff. Well, yeah, that All makes right, sense, though. Let's, let's because that, that makes sense, though, because otherwise Coca-Cola as a company would be suing everyone every it, it, time anyone uses Santa Claus. Yeah. 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 So of course they don't own it, but yes. We do associate it primarily with Coke because Yeah. I don't know. They, they thought, hey, that's our color scheme. Because advertising. Yeah. <laughs> Let's Fun go fact, for it. polar bears don't drink Coke. Don't try to give them one. You're gonna get hurt. <laughs> 
There's just a visual in my mind now of Matt. Like, somehow he's ended up in the North Pole and he's just yeah. sauntering around. He's got a bottle of coke. He's got a bottle of coke. Let me just tell you, there was a video going around of this this bus up on tank treads that does tours out onto the Arctic and a polar bear was underneath it. And I, all I could think of, my dumb ass would be able to help myself and I would try to pet the polar bear. And that, that's the end. What's, what's really, this morning I saw on Twitter, it's like some outtakes from like some Mitsubishi advert mm-hmm. where they're on like an ice rink. Yeah, I saw it. And it it's like falling. the guy in a polar bear kind of you know, mascot outfit. Yeah. Just keeps falling over and it's amazing. Yep. So, yeah, don't give polar bears Coca Cola. They're not. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't give them Dark Sage crack either. That's where the show ended like half an hour ago. It did. <laughs> All right, let's go. I gotta go get dinner before Battle of the Belt. All right, thank you very much for joining me, everyone, and them too as well. Obviously, is it joining you? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm delirious. We recorded this way later than normal. I don't know what God, time is it anymore. Uh, but that is us. Thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Team Scones.